Welcome, everyone, to episode 218 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Eric. Will. I'm Corey. Will is joining us remotely. Will has Skyped in today. From the um, Newark Valley studio. From the Newark Valley studio. Yep, Newark Valley, New York. Um, yes, sir. Pretty soon we're going to have four different studios. <laughs> <laughs> Once Eric opens up the Virginia studio. Charlottesville. Charlottesville, Virginia yeah. studio. Uh, today's topic is the letter B. We had originally planned on doing the Taken King, but uh, Eric didn't think he had quite enough time playing it yet. I know there's a ton to cover with the Taken King, so we're going to give him another week to, to do that, and we'll do the Taken King next week. Uh, letter B for this week. Like I said, Will, Will Skyped in. Oh, the intro. Corey sent me a nice intro for this this week's episode from Big Buck Hunter. Right, Corey? Yeah. Going to have to fend off the big buck hunter lawyers for a little bit. But <laughs> oh, yeah. I think, we'll, I think we'll get away with that one. <laughs> Are they under a big publisher? They might be under a big publisher. I guess we'll find out soon. <laughs> You'll find out. <laughs> to answer your question, no, they are not. <laughs> okay. It's not like Activision or anyone like that. No. Okay. But anyway, uh, does anyone have anything they want to tease for later on in the episode? Heck, yeah, I do. Uh, FIFA 16. Nice. Since we're not going to do an episode on it, it's really not worth doing an episode on. Right. Um, that's what I've been playing. Uh-huh. Is that and Taken King, and I won't be talking about Taken King, obviously. Just maybe, just a very bit. briefly, to hold on for uh-huh. next week. But uh, yeah, FIFA 16 and Taken King's all I played. Okay. Corey, anything to tease? Unfortunately, no. I haven't played anything new recently. Just the the trifecta of Mario Maker, Rocket League, and Hearthstone. Yeah, but you gotcha. have cool Hearthstone news later, don't you? Oh yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, I yes. forgot about that. Yes, you do. Will, did you get to play anything this week? Uh, well, I bought NHL 15 and played probably half a game, and then took a nap. Uh-huh. <laughs> so N- NHL NHL 16. Yeah, NHL 16. Did okay. I say 15? Yeah, I think so. Whatever the most current one is. The one that doesn't have bit. Patrick Kane on the cover. Gotcha. <laughs> there yeah, is, there right. is apparently, there's one version that still has him on the cover. Is that really? right? I forget what country. The rape edition. <laughs> <laughs> that whole thing got really weird today. Yeah, anyway. it did. Okay. Uh, anything else, Will? Uh, no, that's it. All right. Uh, the only I played Skylander Superchargers, which came out on Sunday, so I'll talk a little bit about that. I think I played maybe an hour, hour and a half. Yeah, the uh, some of the I brought I brought down two of my Skylanders, the Donkey Kong Skylander amiibo. New toys. That's the Barrel Blaster vehicle. Pretty sweet. Um, and then I brought our other vehicle that we bought when we when we picked it it's up. It's like a Stingray of some sort. Yep, it's a submarine. It's called Sea Shadow. Okay. Uh, so I'll be talking a little bit about that. I pl- also played Skylanders Trap Team, which I'm trying to beat before we play too much more. Uh, uh, supercharger, so I'll talk about that later on. So let's get into B, shall we? The letter B. The letter B. Of gaming. 
Um, Corey, I think we'll start with you. Makes sense, because I can talk about Big Buck Hunter right off the bat. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> B is for Big Buck Hunter. It's an arcade hunting game. Or, yeah, arcade hunting game released in the year 2000 was the very first one. And the basic goal in Big Buck Hunter is to shoot up to three bucks before you shoot a doe. And if you shoot a doe, your turn ends early. So you got to look and make sure you're not shooting a doe. Got to see that rack. Yeah, and you're using a, a physical gun. It's like the light gun kind of oh, thing. Oh, those are always a blast in the arcade. In arcade cabinets. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of games do that anymore, but uh, I like the ones that are like the submachine guns that have some heft to them when you're holding them, and mm. you're just like, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's uh, it's uh, published by, Dan, you brought this up. Yeah. The publisher is called Raw Thrills, and I looked up their pedigree, and they pretty much just make arcade games or publish arcade games Okay, um, and have been since 2001, and they are based in Skokie, Illinois. Oh. Hmm. Do we have any Illinois as listener? listeners? Uh, Valerie, right? Yeah. And we know a couple in Chicago. Well, yep. okay. Va- Valerie just moved, though. Derek. There you go. Derek, um, that's right, yeah. I'm curious Julian. to know what Skokie, Illinois is like. If it's a, like a hunting town, I don't know. Uh, but it was developed by a company called Play Mechanics, which is also based in Illinois. And Play Mechanics was founded in 1995 by a former Midway game designer. Oh, Midway. Okay. Yeah. Um, yes, of, of that Midway fame. So Big Buck Hunter is Play Mechanics' big success, and it led to what's called the Big Buck World Championship, which is a tournament was held in Chicago, uh, I think for three years, with over uh, $50,000 in prizes. Wow. Uh, and this is going a little bit back, probably before esports were too big. So we might be able to point to Big Buck Hunter as the, <laughs> the industry leader. Ahead of its time. Uh, now I think maybe StarCraft was before that. But, yeah. uh, in 2012, the tourney was held in New York, New York. And they, I don't know if they've done it since then. Wow. But uh, did the game start another one. Yep. I'd, I'd host it. That'd be fun. Fuck yeah. Well, those games are fun. Yeah. You guys want to pick up the torch and, and host the Big Buck World Championship Tournament? <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. We'll have it in Newark Valley. <laughs> That'd be get all a right. solid get turnout a good... out there. Yeah. <laughs> Great turnout. Uh, the game spawned a bunch of sequels. I will just list the subtitles of all the sequels. Shooter's Challenge, Sportsman's Paradise, Call of the Wild, Pro, Safari Pro, open season world safari outback and finally most recent big buck pro hd in 2012 which mm-hmm. is also on the on the wii oh okay um, yes there's a number of big buck hunter games on ios if you want to get your your hunting kicks there i believe uh, i, I did... played one and it was really good yeah just tapping yeah there's a few that are 99 cents but most of them are free to play so yeah, I played one, I don't know, two, three years ago. It was really fun. I think I remember that. Yeah. I think I remember you talking about it anyway. Okay. Yep. That's all I got for Big Buck Hunter. Big Buck Hunter. Will, what do you got? First B. My first B is Backyard Hockey 2005. Um, building on the success of the first Backyard Hockey title, which shipped over half a million units uh, in retail in just 15 months. The 2005 edition brought a 3D experience featuring uh, the NHL players themselves as children. Uh, 
The cool thing about this game is, though, whatever market it was in, they had a different cover athlete. So, for example, the Bruins had Joe Thornton hmm. on there, and the Maple <laughs> Leafs had Matt Sundin. Oh, let's um, throw from the back. Maple Leafs. Uh, this game was officially licensed by the NHL and National Hockey League Players Association and featured all 30 teams and 10 playable NHL pros as kids, including, as I said, Joe Thornton, uh, Matt Sundin, Martin Broder, Marion Gabarik, Yamir Yager, who is a legend, by the way. Yeah. Um, for so many reasons. <laughs> we can't even get into it right now. But um, And it also featured three-on-three action, uh, and that included goalies. Nice. So. Yeah, that's Backyard Hockey 2005. Has anybody ever played a Backyard sports game? No, but I have a vague recollection of it when it came out. Okay. The only Backyard sport I played was baseball, if I remember correctly. Uh-huh. And they always seemed, they were always pretty fun. Yeah, solid, like, arcade type games. The the video yeah. that Corey's playing on the stream looks pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I want to play this game. <laughs> yeah, I do too. We need to get a hold of this. I wonder if, is it on Steam? I can check. Right yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to look into it. I bet they did the uh, value consideration putting that up on Steam, and they probably determined it wasn't worth it. <laughs> yeah. What makes you think that? It's got Yager <laughs> in it. I see him. I yeah. see that lettuce. <laughs> it is not on Steam. Oh, okay. Yeah, well. It should be, you know? I'd start, buy it. start a petition, Dan. I should. Everything should go on Steam eventually, you know? Okay. I agree. Any other thoughts on backyard hockey, Will? Nay. All right. Eric, first B. Uh, Bill Lambeer's Combat Basketball Uh uh, popped to mind last night. Uh, This game was released in November 1991 by Hudson Soft for the uh, SNES system. It's like a futuristic basketball video game. But and I guess this was the first basketball game on the uh, Super Nintendo. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, for those that don't know, Bill Lambeer played for the Detroit Pistons back in the day. I think they were called the Bad Boys. Yeah. Something of that nature. He was a fan of the f- Fisticuffs. Yeah, I think he played with Rodman uh-huh. and Joe Dumars, maybe. But anyway, they were known for like being kind of rough and yep. aggressive. So that's kind of what the game was like. Um, the interesting thing about it was it was like a top-down view. I think it was three-on-three, three, red team versus blue team. Um, really terrible controls. I looked at some of the reviews for it, and it it got really, really bad reviews. Yeah, uh, bad controls, just like not very good all around. But somehow, I remember having a lot of fun with it. I remember, I remember Bill Lambeer's combat basketball. Yeah, uh, we based, had it for some reason. Yeah, I I probably played it at your house. Maybe. Um, okay, so it's not three on three, judging from the the video Corey showing. It must be five on five. But anyway, uh, there's like a ball, and you run around with your little men, and you basically can body check yep. the the other team. And sooner or later, somebody will not get body checked and score a basket. Yeah. Um, but it's just, uh, I remember having a pretty good time with it. Um, it's basically just an arcadey basketball game version of how Bill Lambeer actually played basketball. Yeah, by knocking somebody in the yeah. stands. <laughs> Being very rough. Yeah. And not <laughs> scoring a lot of points. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice. That's it. They okay. missed the ball. Uh, they should have had the sequel run our test combat basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Where you jump up into the bleachers and fight fans. Yes. Yeah. That was good stuff, by the way. You should call yeah. videos for that, Corey. The run our, our test our incident? Test. Yeah. <laughs> I was at a casino when that happened. Oh, nice. I was in Syracuse at Turning Stone Casino. 
the night that happened playing poker. Nice. And there's a TV mm. behind me, and I was watching it as it happened. I was like, what the fuck is going on Yeah, that's, that's great stuff. Yeah. All right, my first B, Cliff Blazinski. Uh, he was the he's the founder of Bosky Productions, who just announced Lawbreakers, actually. But he's most widely known for his time at Epic Games, where he had a major hand in the creation of Unreal Tournament franchise and Gears of War franchise. Uh, his first commercial game was a point-and-click adventure game called The Palace of Deceit, Dragon's Plight, which he created as a 17-year-old high school student. Really? Yeah. Uh, you know, we're... I'm 32. <laughs> I will be soon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, he sent a copy to Tim Sweeney, the founder of Epic Games, who was so impressed by by, the, by Cliff Blazinski's game. He offered him a job where Cliff Blazinski spent the next 20 years. Uh, he then announced his retirement from Epic Games on October 3rd, 2012, but came out of retirement in the summer of 2014, where he announced his new studio, Boss Key Productions, and the free-to-play shooter, which at the time was known as Project Blue Streak. They later called Lawbreakers. So, Cliff Blazinski, always an ambassador for games. Yep. Actually, uh, the first time I actually heard him talk was on a podcast. It was either on Nerdist or uh, it might have been Aisha Tyler's podcast. I think it was Nerdist. Uh, it could have been Nerdist. Uh, very, very likable, personable guy uh, in the games industry. So, uh, I was glad when he came out of retirement to, to make his game. So, I listened to him fairly recently um, talking about... It was before his new game mm-hmm. was announced, um, but he was kind of talking about what it was going to be like. Yeah, you know, because people weren't sure if it was going to be kind of like a Gears cover base shooter or whatnot. Yep. But um, he, like you said, Dan, really nice, likable guy. Mm-hmm. He was on the, uh, I think he was on the the PC E3 thing too, if I remember correctly, talking about uh, P- Project Blue Streak a little bit. So it was good stuff. Corey, next B. Uh, next B for me is a game series called Bloody Roar. Do you guys remember Bloody Roar? Uh, Ring Vaguely. the bell. Yeah, well, so I, I think Eric a, had it. But anyway, go go ahead, Corey. It's a fighting game franchise that when I first saw it, I'm like, I don't think I've ever heard of that. But after watching some <laughs> gameplay footage of it, I, I'm vaguely familiar with it. Uh, developed by Hudson Soft, which has made a lot oh. of games, but uh, they're best known for the Bomberman series. Bill Lambeer. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> another one. They made a lot of older games. Uh, and also, Aiding was another one of the developers who did Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate with Capcom and, oh. and some other stuff. Uh, the first Bloody Roar was called Beasterizer in Japan, and it came out in 1997 in arcades, but when it came to the United States is when they renamed it Bloody Roar. Or no, I'm sorry. When it came to PlayStation is when they renamed it to Bloody Roar in 1998. Huh. Maybe Graham had that. Someone, I, yeah, one, I, someone had one of my friends. I'm had looking it. at it, Dan. And I don't. It's not ringing a bell for me. Yeah, only was, the name. It must have been Graham that had it. That looks like a Graham kind of game. Yeah, absolutely. And the the one like he'd really piss you off because he knew the exploits. Well, I, I, you know, he had the moves that remembered for at least five of the characters. Absolutely. And then would laugh at you after he beat you over and over again. Yeah. If you're interested in this Graham character, check out our Man, the Myth, the Legend episode early on, early days. I, it was episode 13, I think. He's a little hard to hear in it, too, because he talks very quietly, and he sits, like, really far back from the microphone. <laughs> I kept I kept motioning to him to, like, move closer to the microphone. He, he would for a second, and then he'd sit back up. <laughs> uh, but anyway. 
just quickly run through the series. Bloody Roar 2 came out in 99 for arcade and PlayStation. Bloody Roar 3 in 2000 for arcade and PlayStation 2. There was a side story called Bloody Roar Primal Fury in 2002 for the GameCube and Xbox. And the last one was Bloody Roar 4, which came out in 2003 on the PlayStation 2. The main gist of the Bloody Roar franchise is the idea of anthropomorphism, where the playable characters can transform into half-human, half-animals, which are also called zoanthropes. It's kind of like a lycanthrope, Mm -hmm. um, except not werewolves, just any kind of animal. Right. And what made that interesting in the context of the game is that the zoanthropes, once you transformed, you had a totally different set of abilities. Um, and you sort of did. You sort of changed on the fly after you filled up your beast gauge, and then you you went back and forth between your your beast and uh, your character. Were the early ones kind of claymation looking? It's kind uh, of just bad graphics. Just bad. I mean, not bad, but just PlayStation One graphics. Dated. Yeah, dated, dated now, graphics. but I'm sure at the time it looked pretty good. Yeah. Okay. And the Thailand Corporation is the bad guy in the game. The, the story is that they use zoanthropes as mind-controlled weapons. So I assume, I don't know, but I assume the zoanthropes are fighting up against the, the Thailand Corporation, and that's the, the gist of the Bloody Roar series. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. All right. Will, next B. My next one is Bioshock. There are three games in the main series. There's Bioshock 1, which came out in 2007. Uh, there's Bioshock 2, and then Bioshock Infinite, which uh, was both mine and Corey's game of the year in 2013, I believe. Um, yeah. So it's a first-person shooter game uh, developed by Irrational Games, and the first one was made under 2K Boston uh, in 2K Australia and is designed by Ken Levine. Uh, the first game of the series was wit- or released for Windows and Xbox 360 of August 21st of 2007. Um, the second one, I f- didn't get when it came out. I think it was 2010. Sounds that about sounds right. Correct. Does that sound correct to you, Dan? Sounds about right, yeah. Okay. Um, which, the big thing about this is, uh, it'll be for my know a bit later, is that some site might have leaked that they are being remade for the new consoles. But, um... You know, Bioshock is very good at the atmospheric um, environments and getting you, like, engrossed into the environment. Because the first two were very scary, and the, the third one, which was Infinite, was, like, very beautiful. And, like, the, I don't know, the dichotomy between the two games was very cool. Yeah, I remember the first time I played the, the first game, uh, it was after you guys had all played it. And I had to actually turn it off because I'm such a pussy. <laughs> It is scary. <laughs> At the first part, like, the, all the noises and the music and, like, the, the creepy laughing that was going on was scaring the shit out of me. Yep. Yeah, because when you enter Rapture for the first time, you got that guy who was trying to kill you right yeah. away and you didn't have a weapon. Yep. It was scary. Yeah, great. Like you said, though, great atmospheres in those games. And, and I am hoping that they do that remastered collection. Yeah, it'd be amazing to play them all again mm-hmm. on the PlayStation. Well, guys, they did put the first one out on iOS, right? Yeah. Mm, yeah no, no, thank True. you. I just oh, I, it just doesn't control very well. No. It's touch screen. It's terrible. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that's all, all I got. Okay. If I can uh throw in a plug here for the BioShock book titled Rapture, I highly recommend it. Really oh yeah. I put that on my uh Amazon wish list yeah. uh on your recommendation, Corey. Gives you a really good idea of the backstory. Yeah. 
sort of humanizes what's his name Andrew Ryan Andrew Ryan yeah yeah huh yeah Bioshock 2 was my least favorite of the series by far I skipped that one because you told me to yeah it, mechanically <laughs> it's it's solid but I didn't didn't care for the story nearly as much as uh, as one in th- infinite so. I came mm-hmm. pretty close to beating the first one and I yeah. just never did yeah. I was like damn close to the end of it yeah but I beat Infinite. It was a great game. Yeah, I keep meaning to go back to the first one and, and play it again, but it's one of those things like it's like twelve hours maybe, and yeah. I'm like it's twelve hours I could be spending trying to beat something I've already started. Right. I've, I've Are there mods? It. I don't know actually. I have it I on Steam. So. There's not I booted there... it up not too long ago, and I thought it looked a little old. Yeah, I mean it was an early Xbox 360 release, so. Uh, at, there might be like Nexus mods, mods. I don't know if there's any, any. In, I don't think there's any in Steam, but yeah, good stuff. Bioshock. All right, Eric, number two. Number two for me, Bloodborne. Bloodborne. Uh, easily one of my favorite games this year, um, if not ever. Um, Bloodborne is developed for, by From Software, the good folks that brought us Dark Souls. Uh, published by Sony Computer Entertainment, exclusively for the PS4 platform. Uh, came out March 24th of this year, um, and I was interested to see what the Metacritic scores were for it, mm-hmm. so I looked that up. The Meta score was 92, and the user score was 8.6. Oh. So very well received, yeah. obviously. Um, it's usually the other way around. Yeah. It's usually fans like it a little bit more than critics. Well, I think this one, the the biggest thing is fans of the Dark Souls and Demon Souls series, we're all, you're always going to have the, those critical people yeah. who are like, oh, this is you know, too yeah. fast or you know, whatever the case is. You change something slightly and it's going to piss somebody right. off. Right. So like, but when you take that into account for it to still have an 8.6, it's pretty good. That is pretty good. I feel like. Yeah. Um, brief description of the game. Bloodborne follows the player character, uh, the hunter. Through the fictional, decrepit, gothic city of Yarnum, whose inhabitants have been afflicted with an abnormal bloodborne disease. Um, so, oh. hence bloodborne. Uh, yeah, I never. <laughs> Corey, never to be honest with you, it didn't ring a bell with me until I read this either. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes to show you, you don't have to have a good story to make an awesome game. That, yeah, it helps, go. but because the mecha- <laughs> that's so mechanically solid and. And so interesting that the story doesn't matter that much. Exactly. So yeah. as you play the hunter, um, you wake up in Yarnum and just kind of go from there to to explore all of the different areas that the the game has to offer. Um, and your objective is to locate and terminate the source of this plague. Um, so Corey played it. I played it. Did we all play it? Did yeah. Will? I don't. Maybe briefly. Uh, I've dabbled. You dabbled in it. <laughs> That's not enough. I played about six <laughs> hours, I think. Six oh, hours, okay. I got I got pretty far. Corey's the only one that beat the game. Good for you, it. Corey. Um, oh I stop. One of your favorite games this year, Corey? Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's it's fantastic. The atmospheres are just so fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, I know I talk about that every time we bring this game up. Um, really excited for the DLC. Yeah. Coming mm-hmm. out November 24th of this year. It's called The Old Hunters. Uh, it's going to be in a new setting, and it's going to have some new weapons. Uh, I highly recommend watching the trailer for that, uh, the DLC pack, because it looks amazing. Mm-hmm. As beautiful as the worlds were in just actual Bloodborne itself, the DLC stuff looks so good. 
there's like this staircase that you you see the the uh, hunter going up at one point in the in the trailer for it, and it looks amazing. I keep meaning to watch the trailer for that, and that's another thing that I keep forgetting to do. Maybe during the break, I'll pull it up okay. here. Um, and one also one of the weapons looks fucking ridiculous. It's got like two saw blades that connect together. You know how you can make a big weapon, yeah. extend it with your smaller weapon. Uh, you like I don't know if it's a sword or what. You stick into the to pair of saws. And it becomes this big, like, buzzsaw thing. That's awesome. Oh, God. It looks so good. Nice. But, yep. uh, I wish... I mean, I'm probably not going to be able to play the DLC. Yeah. I'm sure we could figure it out so I could, but... Right. I mean, I'm going to buy happens, it. Yeah. By the time that happens, though, it'll be Dark Souls 3 time, so... No. Probably just hold off. Bachelor April? Party, maybe? Oh, yeah. Maybe? Yeah. I mean, I'd sit and watch. And oh, drink. it won't be out then. Yeah. When's it come out? Late October. November. Oh. Shit. Eh, whatever. But anyway, play Bloodborne if you haven't. Yeah. So good. Mm -hmm. It's good stuff. That's it. All right. Uh, Next on my list is the Blood Bowl series. Now, Blood Bowl is a strategic fantasy football game set in an alternate Warhammer setting. There's an actual board game for this game, too. Uh, Like War... It's Warhammer... You know, based in the Warhammer universe. It was created in 1987, actually uses typical Warhammer fantasy elements, orcs, goblins, dwarves, etc., who play football. It was developed by Cyanide and published by Focus Home Interactive. It's a strategy game that you play like regular football, but there's both real-time and turn-based modes. Um, The difference is one of the goals in the difference from real football is uh, you you can hurt and or kill the other team's players. Uh, You know, bounties like the New Orleans Saints of a few years ago, Mm -hmm. what they were trying to do, that sort of thing. Uh, and I'm mentioning this because Blood Bowl 2 just came out, which I'm in- also interested in. Uh, and, I like, I had had this game and didn't even really realize I got it as part of, like, a Humble Bundle or something. Uh, and when I heard about the concept, I was like, oh, that's really cool. Uh, I- I'm interested in that game. So I went to put it on my wishes, and I was like, oh, I already have it. So uh, I'm just waiting for the right opportunity to, 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 to give it a shot. So it seems really cool if, you, if you're interested in anything Warhammer, Blood Bowl. You said Foot- you have the football. second one? I have the first one. Oh, the first one, okay. Yeah. Uh, which I guess I, I guess they're not too user-friendly, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see when I get there, you know? I believe I played the board game, and I think we had this conversation on this podcast before. You played Blood Bowl, Blood Bowl the board game, or Warhammer? Because I played Warhammer Blood, back in the Blood day. Blood Bowl. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Fun. Have, if it's I'm the sure. game I'm thinking of. I played a football game that had orcs... And, and stuff like that. It's a board Pro- game. Probably what it was. And I then. can't imagine there's too many in that genre. <laughs> yeah. Orc yeah. football. It's a neat idea, though. I, yeah. I really thought that was a that was a cool thing. And, and strategy. It's perfect for football, you know? Football is very strategic. There should be more strategic football games, you know? It might translate better than actual football. Actual football, yeah. <laughs> to a video game. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. So, Blood Bowl. Corey, what do you got next? Oh, let's see. I have a company called Bandai. But I wanted to talk about Bandai before it was Bandai Namco. So I dug into the history a little bit of of Bandai. Uh, And like Nintendo, they made toys way back in the day. Mm -hmm. Uh, Founded in 1950 and made toy cars for about 30 years. I remember Bandai toys. Yeah, and uh, I guess since 1980, at least according to Wikipedia, Bandai has kind of been like Japan's... Hasbro or Mattel, like that's how big they are in terms of if toy making in Japan. 
Um, but as of the late 70s, sort of got into the console business and had this line of consoles called TV Jack, which were Pong-based consoles. Um, and then in 1986, they produced the Family Fun Fitness System, which Nintendo later bought and renamed the Power Pad. Oh. You guys remember the Power Pad? Oh, Is yeah. that the one that you ran on? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I had that for the uh, Olympic game. Yep. Yeah. It was awesome. Which Olympic game did you have, Eric? Do you remember track, the name of it? No. Track and, we had track and field. Track and field, yeah. We had world-class track meet. I think Eric oh. had track and field. Yeah, I had oh. track and field. Okay, you're right, Corey. Wasn't okay. there like some sort of egg game also for that? There was egg. only one other game that used the that pad. Was it something to do with like chickens or eggs? Probably. It sounds, it sounds familiar. Shit. Yeah. That sounds right. Power pad was awesome. Yeah, it was. That's what they should use with the Oculus Rift instead of that expensive Omni thing. Oh, Virtual yeah. Omni. Just go with power, the power pad. pad. <laughs> That'd be all right. Yeah, because I think the the Omni's isn't the Omni like seven hundred bucks or something. Uh, yeah, I think it's pricey. And it's big. The power mat you could just roll up or fold up and stuff it under the couch. You know. Yep. <laughs> Put but it in the corner. The Omni, you can't. <laughs> it's huge. You, you just got to have it out. Do you yeah. still have a power pad somewhere? I'm sure. You kidding me? Nothing got thrown out in our house. Oh, man, that's bringing back memories on that video, Corey. Yeah, right? Watching these guys stomp around <laughs> on the power pad. <laughs> that's great. Uh, also, Bandai teamed up with a little company called Apple uh, and made a console called the Pippin, a video game console. Really? It was uh, Apple-designed and Bandai-manufactured. And it was built to play PC CD-ROM games. Uh, they manufactured, it's, I, from what I read, um, about 100,000 of them, but discontinued selling them after they only sold 42,000. And PC World, in 2006, listed it at number 22 in, the, in its list of 25 worst tech products of all time. Really? I'm going to so, mention the Apple Pippin later. <laughs> oh, are you? Yeah. Nice. Wow, I had never weird. heard of such a thing. What a coincidence. Uh, if you're if you're kind of wondering why Apple has been so anti-games, I wonder if that has something to do with it. Oh, maybe. Uh, and, of course, they did the Wonder Swan. Um, and sort of the rest is, is history from there. You know, Bandai became a big video game publisher along with Namco. Um, but that's the, the story of history anyway. Cool. Very neat. Will, what do you got next? Let's talk a little Brink. Brink. Ooh, let's. Uh, so Brink is an immersive shooter that blends single player and co-op and multiplayer gameplay to one seamless experience, allowing you to develop your character across all game modes. So the story of Brink is a man-made floating city called Ark, made up of hundreds of separate floating islands, is on, you got it, the brink of an all-out civil war. Uh, it was originally built as an experimental, self-sufficient, and 100% green habitat. The reported rapid rise in the Earth's ocean has forced Ark to become a refugee for humanity. Uh, basically, tens of thousands of people end up going to the Ark, and with 25 years of social unrest, the inhabitants of the Ark have reached its breaking point, and it's up to you to decide the future of Ark and the human race. Now, this was a Bethesda game. Um... All I have to say about it is that it has 70 on Metacritic. This game was... I don't remember playing it at all. Um, but I know a lot of people poke a lot of fun at it. Yeah, it was not very well received. 
from what I so, remember. I was interested in the concept of it, but it was one of those ones that I waited for reviews on, and thankfully I did. Well, because reading it off, it sounds kind of cool. It sounds awesome. Definitely. And it then, sounds like it'd be something right up my alley, but... Exactly. Yeah, the ex- like, execution when was poor. When Bethesda did their press conference, I really wanted them to announce a Brink 2 instead of Fallout 4 just to troll everybody. Mm. Could you imagine? That would have been great. That would have been great. <laughs> But yeah, that's all I got for Brink. Brink. Okay. None of us played it, right? No. Riz in the chat says he liked Brink, but he thinks he's the odd one out. Uh, the best and worst parts were the AI opponents in the online modes. Gotcha. Similar to Titanfall, maybe? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that could very well be. So Okay. Now we need to cool. look up gameplay. Corey's probably got it up, don't you, Corey? I had it. Oh. It's still going, sort of. All right. Eric, next B. Ah, uh, moving along to one that I remember playing at my friend Ryan's house a lot. Bassmaster's Classic Pro Edition. Uh, released in July 96 for the Super NES. Developed by Black Pearl and Malibu. Published by Black Pearl, Malibu, and Altron. Um, it contained real companies in the fishing industry, and basically there were just two modes um, where a player fished as an amateur and competed against other amateurs. Um... I th- all I remember of it is there'd be, like, you go to, like, a ta- bait-and-tackle shop, mm-hmm. and you would pick out whatever. I don't know if there was any sort of systems where it depended on where you fished de- would make you decide on what you would take, like, different lures or what. Pro- I think pro- so. Did it? I think I think you, yeah, because I played this game. It okay. Was, it was awesome, first of all. Uh, but, yeah, I, I do think you had to, like, if you're going in for a certain type of fish, you needed a certain... A certain rod, a certain okay. lure, a certain uh, bait, yeah, sort of thing. I saw some screenshots too, and I wanted to mention the guy they had running the bait and tackle shop. Eerily accurate to what I would expect. <laughs> to, really, to really some, good to someone that would actually run a bait and tackle <laughs> shop. <laughs> yeah, so check that out. Um, but yeah, anyway, you'd go to the bait and tackle shop, get prepared, then you'd have like a top-down view of your boat in a lake and you would just kind of fish or drive it around until you found a spot was there do i remember there being like a uh what are those called a fish indicator yeah uh depth like the, finder the radar type yeah. of thing sonar there's a name for them yeah i don't know what it is fish finder fish finder duh so <laughs> I, I think there was a fish finder and you know if that started beeping or yeah. whatever you'd stop there drop your line and then it would switch to like an underwater yeah. side scrolling view of uh you know like you'd expect to see in like an aquarium or uh-huh. something um, and then from there you would just catch fish yeah. and catch the biggest ones you could for prizes. That was a great game. It was. It was really, really a fun game. I remember playing a shit ton of it at yeah. Ryan's house growing up. One of my fondest video game memories is is in this game, and it's when I caught the legendary fish. Really? Do you guys remember that? No. There's like a, like a hidden legendary fish at and I forget, it's only in one specific spot, and you have to do these specific things to get it. And it was before the age of the internet, or at least before the internet was huge, uh, and I somehow caught the legendary fish, and it was just such a rewarding feeling. I remember reading a, a lot about that game in Nintendo Power. Like, they had a, a tips for Bass, what, what, Bass Pro Masters or whatever. Maybe that's uh, what I did then. In, Maybe in I was Nintendo reading Power. about it in Nintendo Power. Yeah, and and. I think we I think we rented that game a couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, probably not a lot of other people had interest in Bass Pro, whatever. So I think we rented it over the course of a couple weeks, like you know, 
we'd return it for a few days and then, you know, whatever, save up $3 for a three day, three day rental or whatever it was at the time and rent it again. But yeah, I think we, we, like, that's how I remember like learning about the game was in Nintendo power. Yep. So that's it for Bassmasters. Good old Nintendo power. Yeah, it is. It's one of those kind of mindless addicting games. Mm -hmm. Like a mobile game. Yeah, it really kind of is a mobile game. Well, was there a recent fishing mobile game? Yeah, there was. What That was supposed to be really good. It was. I played it. Oh, shit. Intelligent. Didn't it start with an I? Something. Mm. Eh, Fisher? No. Fisher? Un, eh, I don't remember. It's I'm not, not going to come to me, but it was good. Fish. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next on my list, Bethesda Softworks. Found Ridiculous night- Fishing, sorry. What's that? Ridiculous fishing. Ridiculous fishing. Yep, that's what it was. Uh, founded in 1986 in Bethesda, Maryland. Uh, they are Bethesda Softworks is credited with creating the first physics-based sports sim called Gridiron in the early or mid 80s, late 80s. Uh, in 2001, Bethesda became a publisher only and split Bethesda Game Studios into the development arm of Bethesda. In 2004, the Fallout franchise was purchased from Interplay and Bethesda Game Studios took over production of Fallout 3. In 2009, Bethesda's parent company, ZeniMax, per- purchased id, whose games would now be published by Bethesda. Uh, some some subsidiaries of Bethesda include Arcane Studios, who developed Dishonored, Battlecry Studios, who are developing Battlecry, Bethesda Game Studios, which is obviously the developer for Elder Scrolls and Fallout, id Software, who was the developer of Wolfenstein, Rage, Doom, and Quake series games, Machine Games, who was the developer for Wolfenstein, the modern Wolfenstein. Tango Gameworks, who did The Evil Within. And then Zenimax Online Studios, who did Elder Scrolls Online. So that's Bethesda. Any other thoughts not, on Bethesda? Not familiar with them. Nah. They're, you know, a small player. Mm-hmm. There wasn't, were... there wasn't actually a lot of interesting information on Bethesda that I could dig up. They probably prefer it that way. Yeah. Uh, not like Bioware. Bioware's uh, Bioware's my next one. That's a lot more interesting. But oh, Bethesda yeah. never release anything good. No. no. Do you remember I mean, playing Sky- Morrowind for the first time, Dan? Yeah, I hated it. How could the, you hate it? The very first time, because there was too much. Like I wasn't used to that type of game where you could just do go wherever you wanted and do whatever you wanted. Morrowind was the it first was, RPG I really got into. Yeah, it was the the first time I played it. I got it for PC. And I really didn't like it because I, I had no idea what to do. But then, like, I was reading about it or something on the Internet, and it came out for X, the Xbox, and I bought it for the Xbox, and I just, like, spent 2,000 hours playing it probably. And I liked it so much that uh, when I, I – I think I had gotten rid of my Xbox maybe. I bought it for PC and then modded the crap out of it and played it for another 500 hours or whatever on, on PC. Hmm. I remember buying it for PC. Did we live in the same house at that time? Um, the f- well, I mean, I bought it for PC, and then I got it like I bought it later, like a Game of the Year edition type of thing. So mm. I might have been out of the house when you wanted to buy it, but I did have it like when it first came out for the computer. Okay, interesting. Or shortly after it first came out, I just remember playing it for the first time, and being like, "Wow, this is a this is a single player EverQuest, and it's awesome." <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it was an incredible game. Yeah, I remember like getting, you know, you get dropped off in Sayedanine and like I had no idea what to do. 
and it was just overwhelming for me at that point. Yeah. Dan, you had to find Caius Cossades. Oh, well, I know, but, at, but I mean after <laughs> that, that like, I had no idea where to go, what to do, and I, I didn't didn't play yeah. it until it came out on Xbox. Yeah. I don't know. Magical for me. Yep. It was a beautiful game. Agreed. I wish they would uh, get to work on the... Was it the... Because they keep trying to put it into other game engines. Like, for a while, they were working on putting it into the Oblivion game engine. Now they're working on putting it... I think it's called Skywind that they're putting it into the Skyrim engine. So hopefully we get that done and we can actually play it. But I don't think they're coming out with another Elder Scrolls for a while. So Hammerfall. Hammerfall. I think that's what they trademarked or something like that. Nice. I could be completely off with that, but I saw that rumor. Yeah. Okay. All right. Corey, what do you got next? Um, Big the Cat. Does any before I say what it is? Does anybody know what Big the Cat is? Did I play that uh, recent? Did that cat. come out recently? No, it's a character. I I vaguely remember the name. All right, I had no idea. It rings a bell. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's that's, uh, that's it's the it fat, simple-minded purple cat from the Thonic universe. It, did did a game with that cat come out fairly recently? I don't think so. Hmm. In my research, I did read that they were talking about creating a Big the Cat game. Um, so that could have been outdated, and maybe they did. I don't know. It's probably awesome. But anyway, Big the Cat was first introduced in Thonic Adventure 99 in the U.S., and... Uh, Big the Cat is 18 years old and lives in the jungle. He is 6'6 and weighs 616 pounds, according to SonicRetro.org. I read on Wikipedia that he's 6'9 and weighs 617 pounds. So I'm not sure where the discrepancy is. It's oddly there. specific, though. Right? Both Isn't of that weird? Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> For a game Somewhere that came out in 1999. Somebody's full of shit here. Yeah, somebody's full of shit. <laughs> and I went with the Sonic Retro website because to me that seemed like a website that was more difficult to edit. So maybe somebody just went into Wikipedia and thought they were silly and changed the numbers around. I don't Could know. Be. I don't know who would do that. That's super silly. Hey, there's some silly stuff on Wikipedia. <laughs> in uh, Years ago... I went to. I was with some friends in school, and uh, we, for whatever reason, went to the Chaucer website and wrote Chaucer was an asshole on the first line. And like three years later, it was still there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but anyway, um, Big the Cat is often seen fishing. He is apparently not a fan favorite. Uh, I guess the justification for that is because he is one dimensional and also not very useful. He also has apparently appeared on several worst video game characters of all time lists. And they decided to remove him from Thonic Games after 2012. Uh, He's made cameos since. And like I mentioned before, they they have not ruled out the possibility of a game that focuses on Big the Cat. But uh, he's sort of been blacklisted. (laughs) Okay. That's tragic. Interesting. I like that one, Corey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Will, what do you got? I got Bayonetta. This is also my last one. Um, 
But, you know, there's two games in the series. First one came out in North America on uh, January 5th, 2010, which came out for the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. It was later re-released for the Wii U when Bayonetta 2 came out, which came out last year in October, uh, October 24th. So Bayonetta is a single-player, third-person 3D action game. Its combat system is similar to that of Devil May Cry. Uh, the player controls a witch named Bayonetta and uses both melee and long-range attacks, complex combo strings, and multiple weapons, and is encouraged to explore ways to dispatch angelic and demonic enemies with as much flair as possible. Uh, now, I never played this, but I believe you three have? Have all of you? No, just me and Eric. Just Okay, so just uh, Dan and Eric. Yep. Now... You both played both of them, and you both agree that the second one's way better, right? Oh, it's way better. It's not even close for me. Okay. I'm sorry. What was it again? The Bayonetta 2 was better oh, than Bayonetta 1. yeah. Uh, I did not like Bayonetta 1. Yeah, I liked it, um, but it not even close to Bayonetta 2. Bayonetta 2 is fan- far superior, in my opinion. Yeah, Bayonetta 2 was fantastic. Was Bayonetta 1 just sort of the same thing over and over again? It was drab. The, you know what bothered me the most was the just drab look of it. I don't okay. know, and that doesn't usually bother me, but I could knock it over just like how like it was just brown. Everything was brown and looked the same, and I, I don't know. Uninspired I just, environments. Yeah, I could, just couldn't get into it. Bayonetta 2 is a must-have for yeah. a Wii U owner. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. what I think Corey should play. I think Corey would really get I into I think Bayonetta Corey would 2. really like that game. We don't often I, say that. <laughs> no. I, I think he'd hate it. <laughs> Who knows what Corey would do? Right. It's true. Only, wild card. Only one way to find out. <laughs> wild card, bitches. <laughs> okay. And that's Bayonetta. Yeah, Bayonetta two was was fantastic. Definitely something I need to play. Yep. You got a lot you need to play, Will. Oh, it's just, it's piling up at this point. Splatoon. You got to play Metal Gear. Yeah, <laughs> Metal Gear. <laughs> Fallout's coming. Who yeah. knows if I'll play that? You'll play Fallout. That's oh, your thing. I've, I've already got a plan ready for it. Yeah, well, that's well, your thing. Uh, we should talk about this more later, but uh, let's chat about that System Link thing before tonight's over. Oh, for the NHL game? And Fallout. I'm getting it digitally. Okay, sounds good. Wait, does that mean I can cancel my pre-order for the PlayStation 4? Uh, I'm getting it for Xbox One. What? Yeah, it comes with Fallout 3 if you buy it on Xbox One. You dirty. That's all right. We'll talk about it later. Sure. Okay, so Bayonetta. Eric, what do you got? Next on my list, Daniel, this is a big one. Uh, big for this year, too. The Battlefront series. Mm-hmm. Now, we decided it was okay to go with Battlefront, even though it's Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah. Because most people know it as Battlefront. Battlefront, yeah. Um, and I only focused on the console versions, because those are really the only ones I care about, and this is our podcast, damn it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes, the first Battlefront came out September 21st, 2004 for Windows, PlayStation 2, and Xbox, uh, developed by Pandemic Studios, published by LucasArts. Um, It coincided with the release of the Star Wars Trilogy DVD set, which was kind of cool. I'm going to focus more on the gameplay of the one that's coming out soon. Yeah. Okay. So Battlefront 2, same developer, same publisher, uh, same platforms, but add the PSP onto that. That came out the following year, uh, November 1st of 2005, and um, from what I gather, unlike its predecessor, Battlefront 2 features a more narrative uh, campaign, which maybe is why people are upset about the lack of campaign in the new one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess it retold uh, parts of a Star Wars story from the point of view, point of, view of a veteran Imperial Stormtrooper. 
Um, I do not remember this. I don't remember the story in Battlefront 2 either. Yeah. I just remember playing the, the battles. There's a story? I don't know, apparently. Um, but there were additions to the second one that were not in the first one, such as Battlefront included the use of Jedi, uh, additional game modes like Hero Assault and objective-based space battles. Uh, so that was the big jump from 1 to 2. I feel like I played that on GameCube. I thought so too, but it wasn't on the list. Will, maybe, do you remember? Maybe it was wrong. I thought I played it on a Nintendo system. I swear I uh, played that on GameCube. I played the Battlefront on Xbox. Okay. Yeah. I swear I had it for GameCube. <laughs> I must be thinking of another Star Wars game. We should, we'll look during the break, but I that's what I found. Okay. Yeah, it's, we, we probably just misremember it, you know? <laughs> Could very well be the case. It happens a lot, so... <laughs> And this year's version, the uh, Battlefront uh, 2015 reboot, if you will, uh, developed by EA Digital Illusions, publisher Electronic Arts, uh, for Windows, PS4, and Xbox One, coming out November 17th, very soon, yeah. the week after Fallout 4. Yeah, damn it. <laughs> I know. Mm. It's probably good there's no campaign. Yeah, yeah, because you know? that's one you can bounce in and out of and stuff. Don't need it. Don't right. need it. Um, so anyway, Star Wars Battlefront as a series... Action shooter, uh, play, you can either do first person or third person, which you can switch in and out of at any time. Um, so players are going to traverse planets from the Star Wars universe, such as Endor, Hoth, Tatooine, and the newly introduced planet of Solist. You guys know anything about Solist? Solistons are from Solist. Okay. Well, what's cool about them? The the Solistons are, do you remember in uh, no. Return of the Jedi? I don't. The guy that flew the, the Millennium Falcon? Maybe I do. What was his name? With the mask. I don't remember. Nien Noob. Nien no. Nien Nub. Mm-mm. Um, they, they, they look like uh, they're, they're little people with like a, like a mask. Okay. It looks like they have a mask on their face. That's a Solston. Okay. I'm pretty sure. So there's going to be air and land-based vehicles, which we've seen. Yeah. Uh, both look really amazing. Um, the battles are all going to be planet-based. So that's going to be interesting. I'm really excited to battle on Hoth personally as same with will i am a sucker for a good winter setting yeah so oh um, yeah yeah really looking forward to that um let's see what else one of the things i wanted to mention is uh for for the console versions of battlefront you have the option of doing a higher graphical 30 frames per second or you can switch to lower graphics and have smoother frame rates really which i've been asking for for a while and i think that's a great a great step for for console shooters. That's cool. Yeah. So if you if you prefer the sixty frames per second, like I do, you can have you have the option to do so. Nice, which I like. Um, you are either going to control a Rebel Alliance soldier or an Imperial stormtrooper. You're also going to be able to play characters such as Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, and Boba Fett, which is exciting stuff. Um, there's also going to be like a, a horde mode if you're familiar with uh, Gears of War. Waves of enemies that you can do co-op, so that'll be a good time for uh, for multiplayer co-op stuff. Um, I guess the multiplayer is going to support up to 40 players in a match, which is awesome. Yeah. And at launch, there's going to be 12 multiplayer maps, which is really that's, exciting. That's a lot. Yeah. And I don't know if any of them are exclusive to PS4 because of their kind of partnership with, yeah, with uh, Battlefront. I haven't heard. But really looking forward to that game. Definitely. I think it looks awesome. The, the the space combat looks so good. Yeah. So good. Are we all getting that? I think so. Yeah, yeah I think so. Corey? Who's getting it on Steam? It's not on <laughs> Steam. It's going to be on Origin. <laughs> Who's getting it on Origin? <laughs> I'm getting it on Origin. 
Uh, I don't think you can. I don't think they have a share option like Steam does. Uh oh, Corey. Green Maybe Man Game. Green Man Gaming will have it for like forty four dollars if you wait. Just take out a second mortgage. There you go. Just uh, beat up some nerds and steal their lunch money. I could do that. Yeah. We start returning bottles now. There you go. I have a guy that uh, in my neighborhood that checks everybody's recycle bins for cans and bottles on a recycle day. I don't know if he's in the neighborhood, but he walks through the neighborhood. Okay, uh, moving on. My next one, Bioware. Uh, it was founded in 1995 by Ray Muz- Muzika, Greg Zeschuk, and Augustine Yip in Edmonton, Alberta. Shout out to Edmonton. Our sister lives in Edmonton. I want to have her tour like the Bioware studio and report to us on it. But She'd <laughs> love that. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> All three were medical doctors who had recently graduated from the University of Alberta where they had spent their spare time, what little spare time they had playing video games. Uh, and they had done some medical coding in, in, in med school, which they used for the development of their games. And because of their success as doctors, they were able to start their own game company, which they called Bioware. Man. What? That's some, mo- nice. that's some motivated people right there. <laughs> I wish I had enough money that I could just say, no experience, just say, I'm going to start a game studio. Start a game company, yeah. For the first game, they created a MechWarrior-type game called Shattered Steel, uh, for which they pulled hundred grand of their own money to help create and they submitted it to 10 different publishers seven of which made bioware an offer to publish their game they eventually signed a deal with interplay entertainment you remember interplay Corey? oh yeah yeah i played a few of i've interplay, heard of interplay's games sounds back in the familiar day. uh because of the studio's interest in both the uh, bioware uh in both pen and paper and and digital rpgs bioware decided its next game would be an rpg so they developed Battleground Infinity, which Interplay said would fit nicely into the Dungeons and Dragons rule set, so Bioware re- reworked the game uh, and it became Baldur's Gate. Ah, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that was uh, an addition later. It was a different game at first. Bioware went on to develop many classics, including Icewind Dale, uh, Baldur's Gate Two, Jade Empire, Knights of the Old Republic, the Mass Effect series, and Star Wars: The Old Republic. Bard's Tale. Bard's Tale, yeah, I mean, they've got a, a few minor games in there, too. Bard's Tale was, was, was a cult classic, kind of, you know. In 2012, the remaining founders, Greg Zestruck and Ray Muzika, announced their retirement from game development. Muzika now mentors, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but whatever, I'll own it. Muzika now mentors entrepreneurs in technology, new media, medical innovation, and social entrepreneurship. In 2013, he was given a Lifetime Achievement Award at the Game Developer's Choice Awards. Zestchuk left Bioware to pursue his passion for craft beers and produces a web-based TV show called The Beer Diaries. Zestchuk also received a Lifetime Achievement Award. I'd probably take Zestchuk's uh, approach to life. Let's just get balls deep in the craft beer industry, you know? I just can't get into beer. It's the life there. Really? Can't. I love beer. I try and I try and I try. You guys want to open a brewery? Yes. Yes. Let's Much as it. I don't like beer, I'd love to open a brewery. Let's do it. All right. We'll talk about right. that off air, too. Thumbstick Athletes Brewery. I actually saw, speaking of, a uh, little off topic, but I used to spend a lot of time on the homebrewing subreddit, and somebody developed or crafted a line of beers based on video game stuff nice anything interesting in there 
like there was like a Legend of Zelda beer, and but they came up with all the lab. I guess I think the person was a graphic designer or something too, so they came up with all the labels and stuff. It was really cool. Nice. That's cool. All right, that was my last one. Corey, what do you got? My last one is a development company called Brownie Brown. Brownie Brown, <laughs> which is the <laughs> former name of the studio now called One Up Studio Co. Limited. And they are one of Nintendo Studios, responsible for Mother 3, the Mana series, and the Super Mario series post-2012 or something like that. No. Really? Post-2001? I can't remember. I I didn't write it down. But uh, made up of former Square employees. um, And, yeah, they founded Brownie Brown in 2001 and changed their name from Brownie Brown in 2013 after a restructuring of the company to 1UP Studio Co-Limited. Uh, and according to Nintendo, the name comes from the idea of a brownie being a hardworking elf, and the elf on their logo happens to be named Brown. Like the Cleveland okay. Browns, how yeah. their, their throwback the is that little elf. Yeah. Brownies is that are, why? Brownies are little, like, yeah, creatures. Yeah. Huh. Well, anyway, they also aided in the development of fantasy life more recently. So. Game's great. That's Brownie Brown. I knew I had seen Brownie Brown somewhere before, but you can, you can't really place it, you know, until yeah. you realize. But uh, yeah, it's it's one up studio. Nice. Okay. Well, I know you're done, Eric. What do you got? Last one, Dan. It's a good one. Uh, one I'm excited about currently. Bungie, uh, an American video game developer located in Bellevue, Washington. Uh, they were established in May '91 as Bungie Software Products Corporation by an undergraduate from Chicago named Alex Seropian. He's got some cash now, hasn't he? Yes, he does. <laughs> um, I guess so. When they first started out, they, they focused primarily on Mac games, which was interesting. And this is where the Apple Pippin comes in, Corey. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, they focused on Mac games, and they created two successful franchises called Marathon and Myth. Oh yeah, at the start of the company, I am not familiar with either. I'm familiar with Marathon only because there's a lot of tie-ins from Marathon to Halo. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so in 2000, uh, nine years after they started up, Microsoft acquired them, and the project that they were working on was then turned into Halo Combat Evolved, uh-huh. one of the best ever. Yeah. One of the games I had the most fun in my life with. Oh, easily, easily. Um. So, on October 5th of 2007, they split from Microsoft and uh, started their own independent company. And then, in recent years, they signed a 10-year deal with Activision. Their first game with them was obviously Destiny, which came out last year. Taken King, which came out this past week. Uh, the the second year version of Destiny, or what have you. Um, so, they got a lot of big, big things going on. Uh, I did take down a list of the games that they've put out. I'll read real quick. Uh, 91, Operation Desert Storm for Mac. 92, Minotaur, The Labyrinths of Crete for Mac. 93, Pathways into Darkness for Mac and OS X. What's that? Is that? Operating System that? 10, that's a Mac operating system. Okay. Um, Marathon came out in 94 for Mac and the Apple Pippin. Uh, Marathon 2, Durandal, 90, came out in 1995 for Mac, Windows, and Apple Pippin. Marathon Infinity came out for Mac in 96. Myth the Fallen Lords in 97 for Mac and Windows. Myth 2, Soul Blader in 98 for Mac and Windows. Oni, have you guys ever played Oni? No, I've always wanted to. Okay, they did that one also. That came out in 2001 for Mac, Windows, and PS2. 
I've, that's one I've always been interested yeah. in. Yeah. And I don't know why. I don't know either. It's it's just the it's the, the, the artwork, too, yeah, yeah. I think looks really cool in it. It's got an interesting little name, too. Um, also in 2001 is when Halo Combat Evolve came out for Xbox, Windows, and Mac. Well, they didn't all come out in 01, I don't believe. Um, Halo 2 in 2004. Halo 3 in 07. Halo 3 ODST in 09. Halo Reach in 2010. And as I said, Destiny last year. Huh? Taking King this year. So pretty I, good uh, pedigree there for Bungie. Yeah, I feel like the marathon games you could get on like GOG now, or maybe maybe even Steam. <laughs> I know they re, they were re released, and I had the opportunity to play one. Maybe it was a browser based. I don't know, but yeah, I've always wanted to play those because they were kind of the the start of Halo, I guess. So I a lot of the what same, they're like. A lot of the same ideas in there. So okay, is that Looks everything? Like uh, Wolfenstein. Yeah. Oh, really? Yep. yep. So it looks like. Okay. Yep. Corey, do you have anything else? No. Do we have any honorable mentions? I almost did browser-based. Browser-based? Genre. Oh, there you go. I've got a couple. Uh, I had wanted to do cover Brutal Legend, but I just ran out of time. Mm. Um, that's the double fine kind of action rock and roll game. But it's we on had my... a couple in the... Sorry. Go ahead. We had a couple in the suggestions in the chat. We got uh, Dave in Boston suggested Blades of Steel early. Oh, yeah, Blades. I of Steel. was shocked that none of you did that. one. I didn't even never cross my mind. I thought for sure you guys were going to do it, so I didn't even <laughs> offer it up. <laughs> well, my goal with this whole thing, and we all have our own objectives with these letter episodes, but mm. mine is to talk about things that I don't know anything about, so I kind of learn yeah. stuff along the way. That that's a good idea. I I. I'll probably take that tactic in the future. Yeah. But this time I just want to do a mix of older stuff and kind of current mm-hmm. stuff with with Bungie because the Destiny stuff had just come out and Bloodborne has another piece coming out. So that was my – and Battlefront too, top of mind stuff. So It's important to be topical too. There right? you go. Definitely. Um, and then Riz suggested Battlefield. but yeah. I, said I was shocked nobody got. Part two. Letter B part two. Yeah. I put Borderlands series on my thing. I didn't, you know, we've we've talked plenty about Borderlands. Uh, I put Blizzard. <laughs> oh, jeez, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Well, Will, you really screwed the pooch there, huh, bud? To be fair, I did all this work 15 <laughs> minutes before I got on the Skype call. Nice. Well, that's, that's how we do things. It's yeah. typical. Last yeah. minute. Uh, and then I put Bohemia Interactive, which does Arm- Arma series games. Oh, okay. So. Well, like as as Corey has stated in the chat, once we get through Z, yeah. we'll just start. We'll over. start over. Yeah, we'll hit, we'll hit on topics that we didn't didn't cover before. Exactly. <clears throat> okay. Uh, well, we'll take a quick break. Be back with uh, nibble bits and our weeks in just a moment. Welcome back, everybody. Episode two eighteen, right? Two eighteen yeah. of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. Uh, we are now in our nibble bits segment. Uh, I'll get us started because I only have one, which I didn't realize until right before we started the episode. Uh, so, for those of you that are worried about Star Wars Battlefront, uh, the beta will be open for everyone. So that's all systems: uh, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. There's no date yet, but everyone will be able to play it. So if you're concerned about the game at all, you'll at least have the opportunity to try it before it comes out. Now, I got the impression that a lot of these would be, like, server stress tests and stuff, so the servers might not always be great, but at least you'll get a, a decent decent experience with the game before it before it comes out. 
all. I can't wait for that. I'm looking oh, forward looks to it awesome. too. I'm looking forward to it too. Stupid game. <laughs> Will's down on all games now, aren't you? Aren't you, Will? Games are lame. Yeah. They rot your brain. No kidding. All right. So that's my one nibble bit. Corey, what do you got? A few shorties this week for me. Dragon Age Inquisition is getting a Game of the Year edition. It will include the DLC, and it comes out October 6th. Cool. I'll, I'll pay for, like, an upgrade for my version to to the Game of the Year edition so I can get all the DLC. I j- actually just did that with Shadows of Mordor. It was $4 for me to upgrade to Game of the Year edition and oh, get all go. the DLC. Did I play your Mordor on Steam, or do I have my own copy? Uh... If I, I know you, well, this was this was back when I made some money when this game came out, oh, so okay. I might have bought it. I don't remember. Yeah, but for what? I want to say that you played Dance. Steve. I don't I know why, right. but I feel like that's the case. I, I think you're right because I wasn't I wasn't possible. all that excited about it until yeah. it came out, right? And it got such good reviews that I was like, I guess I need to play this. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Well, anyway, I was. I was interested in, in playing through it again. Yeah. I want to play through it again, too, but it's one of those things that I've already got enough lengthy games on my palette, on my plate, plate, not palette, um, that I can't afford to add another 30, 35-hour game onto it, you know? Yeah. Someday. Okay. Go ahead, Corey. Oh, that's my nibble bit. Oh. No, yeah. Next, <laughs> next one. <laughs> Confused on the format uh-huh. here. Star Fox Zero is pushed to 2016, the first quarter, uh, apparently for further polish. Hmm. I, I would, I'm not excited about that game anyway. It, I didn't, it didn't look that good to me from what I saw at E3. Uh, I didn't hear great reviews coming out of E3 from people that have played it. Uh, I guess that's a good thing, but at this point, I just don't really care about it. Mm-hmm. I don't either. Uh, just based off of what I saw, I didn't think it looked all that great. Kind it didn't, of it, off my yeah. radar. There was nothing in that game that was like, oh, I need to play that. It was just like, yeah, this looks like Star Fox 64. Anybody want to defend Star Fox Zero? Nope. <laughs> All right. I'm, I normally I'm, would. I mean, but... I'm still interested, and in I'll I'll get it when it comes out. As I, you know, I was I, I mean I am excited for it. I was excited for it. I don't know. It's it, I'm not even thinking about it right now because I've got to worry about getting through the next. Four, three months of video games so since it got pushed back to next year it's off my thought nowadays too uh, the, yep. really the, the thing for me that I like is that it was developed or the controls were developed by Platinum so I really like Platinum's control scheme so I'm hoping they they pull it out of any trouble it might be in well I, one of the things I kept hearing was how not fun it was to use the gamepad yeah. as your aiming yeah. tool yeah. I'm not surprised. Which I could totally see. It's it, it would be so much easier just to see it on the screen and aim that way. Right. But anyway, Final Fantasy Type-0 Online was announced at Tokyo Game Show. It's set in a parallel world to the original Final Fantasy Type-0, and it has online multiplayer. This kind of made sense to me once I heard it, thinking about the type of game that Final Fantasy Type-0 was. Uh, and if it follows that same kind of structure and, and, you know, all those gameplay elements are intact, I think it would be kind of fun. Yeah, definitely. To play a multiplayer version of Final Fantasy Type-0. Yeah, I really like that game. They're calling it the evolution of Ajito, which was the 
the mobile Final Fantasy they were working on that I think they just recently announced was canceled. Um, maybe they just took that game and just rebranded it to Final Fantasy Type Zero because that game saw some success with the, the Steam release. Yeah, uh, I don't know, but it's coming out for PC, iOS, Android, and Windows Phone, which kind of scares me because if it is available on these mobile platforms, how how good of a game can it be? Right. Um, but it's out in 2016 in Japan, but there's no official word on a Western release just yet. So might not even come out over here. <sighs> okay. Go ahead. Sorry. That's all. I just have those three. Will, what do you got? Uh, Corey, do you remember Unsung Story? I sure do. I backed it. Uh, so oh. <laughs> do you remember how we were told <laughs> that I was going to be a spiritual successor to Final Fantasy Tactics? Yes. And it was going to be a story-driven single-player game? Yes. Well, now it's becoming a PvP game. Yes. <laughs> uh, so basically this game went dark for the entire summer. Um, and they recently put out a new update talking about like what went on over the summer and blah, 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 blah. But... Uh, Going through all of it, basically it's more of a multiplayer game now, player versus player, rather than a narrative-heavy single-player game. Can you pull your, your backing for that, since it's totally different? See, I don't know, because these are a lot of the comments on this now. Like, one guy said, I agree, I have no interest in PvP. I thought I was backing a spiritual successor in a storyline of tactical RPGs. I don't recall PvP being a heavy component to this genre. It's yeah. a lot of people saying that, and they're like, want to pull their money, and I don't know if you can. I don't think not. you can. But you can cancel your credit card. <laughs> well, that I mean, didn't that's they already, bullshit. Didn't they already take your money? No. Really? I, I thought they take your money as soon as yeah, it's once, su- yeah, successfully one, kickstarted. Yeah, if it's successful at the end of its run, you're right. Yeah, they do. They do charge you at that point. Yeah, but I mean, that, this is something that we should talk about because don't you don't you feel like that's false advertising that's kind of what i was going for you should have some sort of recourse because i mean i i know that the gist of kickstarter is that you know obviously the the finished product is going to be somewhat different than what they're saying but this is something completely different it's not even i'm going to disagree a little bit with you on this one i i i I get that you you kind of knew the risk going in but yeah, but if they change it, it that much, I don't think that's knowing the risk going in. The problem, the problem is that you're not you're not really investing in something. You're more like donating money to somebody. Yeah, and when you do that, like Dan said, you know, you sort of accept that risk. And yeah, like it sucks. Some of these games don't even come out. Yeah, so you kind of have to know that going in that the what you're paying for, you might not even see. Uh, and that's why, like, I've only backed two two games on Kickstarter. Um, this one, because I wanted a spiritual successor to Final Fantasy Tactics uh, and in another like Japanese language learning game that I thought sounded cool. Um, but anyway, well, I actually, because I backed it, I got those e- those email updates from the Unsung Story team, and I just got one today where they were kind of uh, trying to get out in front of, of all the criticism. Yeah. Should I, do you want me to read a little bit of it? Go for it. So they said, the PvP focus is not a sudden switch, but more importantly to the backers, it does not impact the single-player campaign mode as far as content and depth. 
We have been focusing on developing the gameplay, as you can imagine, as nothing else matters if the game is not fun to play and challenging as a tactical experience. The best way to ensure that the campaigns have balanced scenarios with good AI is to gather playtesting data from online players and head-to-head matches and then polish the game with that feedback. That kind of sounds like bullshit to me. Yeah, it does. Um, We have utilized this method in our board game development, and it works very well. Board games are a totally different beast. Um, Not all players will participate, but many will choose to play online and therefore will provide us with data of what works and what needs modifying. This does not change a single-player game in any way, but adds to its depth and polish. All of the campaign scenarios and story that were part of the original game idea and KS are all there. Kickstarter. Kickstarter, yeah. Again, this first phase merely allows us to have a method to help tune the game. I I really don't agree that the that having online doesn't affect the single player at all. You know, I I don't see the, how there's any way because you're diverting resources that a lot of resources, especially probably. a kickstarted game. Uh, you know, has limited resources. Probably, yep. it's you're diverting resources from the single player. And it's not only that. I also feel like. You look at a game like Call of Duty, which is obviously they have great campaigns, but those games are built for online. Yeah, and when you do that, you kind of the the single player experience is influenced because it needs to work across single player and online. Yeah. And if you have both, then it needs to it needs to work for yep. single for player both. and online. Yep. Whereas some of my favorite shooters, um, like the Metro games and like Wolfenstein, even can get away with certain things that those online focused ones can't. Yeah, Bioshock um, Infinite. Exactly. One. Because they don't have to work online. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's not just diverting resources. It's also, like, just influencing the game itself. Yeah, that was always one of my problems with, like, Assassin's Creed. Like, I know some of the some people really like the multiplayer, but really do you need a multiplayer in Assassin's Creed? Absolutely not. So, yeah, I just... And just thinking about Final Fantasy Tactics, one of the best parts of that game was that it was so unbalanced, and you kind of found ways to break it yeah you know like that's that's part of what made part it so much fun. fun yeah yeah and you know if you're having a game that's online then it has to be extremely balanced it's like try imagine playing like a single player heroes of the storm or something like that like it just doesn't work yeah you know yeah yeah no you're right with that it'll be interesting to see what happens with all that so that was it a big will... story was it early this week that 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 all came out or was it late yesterday about? yesterday okay yeah, this game was supposed to come out in July of 2015 and got pushed to the end of the year next year, too. Dang. So, I mean, time will tell. We'll see. It, it's, it still could be awesome. You know, it could have an awesome online and uh, awesome single player. But uh, I don't know. I'm not hopeful in backing this. I kind of figured this would happen, so I shouldn't be as surprised as I am. Oh, you backed it too? Oh yeah. Okay. I have yet to back a game on Kickstarter. Me either. But it's not to say I haven't been intrigued by some Kickstarters and close to some Kickstarters. It's just that uh, I never had enough extra income to 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 do that. So yeah, I mean, my as I've always said, I'm very cautious of Kickstarter and early access. And here yeah. it is striking again. Starbound's still not even out. <laughs> yeah, I feel burned by that one pretty bad. Oh. Yeah, is that gonna come out? I mean, I don't know. I even bought that one. That was supposed to come out in December of last year and be like 1.0. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Still not. I mean, I guess it's getting better and getting closer, but what are uh, they? What are they doing? I have no idea. 
I have no idea. I mean, I Ter- Terraria's come out with like awesome updates. Yeah. Yeah. Frequently, Terraria two could be out before this Starbound game. Yeah, I've lost lost all interest in it. That ship has sailed, so mm-hmm. to speak. Stupid video games. Yeah. But anyway. Speaking of delays, Hitman slips to March of 2016. That's fine. Yeah. yeah we yeah, didn't need whatever. any more games this this uh, fall, winter. Nope. And I don't think any of us are hardcore Hitman fans. I've always been interested in the series. I know uh, my buddy Jeff, who's been on the podcast, he's a big Hitman fan. Yeah. And this one sounded pretty awesome. Wait, is that oh, the yeah. episodic one? It's the one where, like, they'll have a hit come up, and everybody who's playing the game at the time will see it, and, like, everybody will go after it for, like, a certain amount of time, and, like, the first person who gets it, like, the hit will disappear. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like they changed it it to, like, some episodic thing that kind of made me not want to play it. Yeah. Uh... I forgot, but they're going to be doing like free content, so it might be tied into that, like yeah. with different, different scenarios. Yeah, I don't know, but Who yeah, knows? that's fine that it got pushed. The uh, uh, quarter one next year should be decent. It's going to be fat with yeah. all the games that are coming out in it now. It's like second fall. Yeah. Okay. And my last one is the retailer leaking possible Bioshock Remastered Collection. Yeah. Which would be awesome. Yeah, I would love to see the first two games remastered. That's, that's a good idea. Why not? Yeah. I'd probably I'd probably purchase that one. Yeah. It's a good one just to have even. Yep. Like uh, said, November 27th is the supposed release date. Oh, really? That's of, of this year? Yes, sir. Well, I won't be getting it this year. Dang. <laughs> What's it going to take to get designer commentary on that? That'd be fun. That would be fun. I'd pay for that. Mm-hmm. Kickstart it, boys. <laughs> Corey, let's, get, let's launch it. It's an all right idea. I'll back it. Oh. That'll be the first one I back. <laughs> I won't be able to back it, unfortunately. That okay. is all my nibble bits, guys. All right. What do you got, Eric? Me, yeah. Uh, the next Xbox One EA Access game has been announced. Battlefield Hardline is coming to the vault this October. Yeah, uh, it's a fairly new release. Yeah, it came out early this year, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, a lot of people liked it. I know I was not uh, overly thrilled with it myself, but I think it's a good one for the vault. Yeah, you know that's only thirty dollars for the year. That's a pretty good price. It is. I've gotten my money's worth just yeah. from playing um, FIFA. Madden. I love the early access well, get, to, the, to the games. And you get the discounts, too, yeah, when you, you buy a digital. 10% discount on your games, and you get them early. Um, so, yeah, that's that's cool. Mm-hmm. And my last nibble bit. Seems like voice actors keep leaking game information, <laughs> and it happened again. Uh, looks like we're going to get a Wolfenstein New Order sequel. Um, this, according to... I can't... I'm not even going to begin to pronounce this, this uh, woman's name. She's a Polish voice actor who played the part of Anya in the uh, New Order. Um, we'll call her Stacy. Yeah, we'll call her Stacy. Uh, so she said she's working on a second one in an interview. She said she's working on a video game, the first part of which I have already made. Um, now we're making a second one, which will take two more years. I played this game as a child. I was very happy when I got to the point where I could shoot Hitler. So wow. that's pretty obvious that's, what that yeah. is. <laughs> she wasn't really beat around the bush all too much. Nope. 
Wait, um, did she think she was being Yes. Vague? Apparently. <laughs> Stacy kind of missed the mark on that one, huh? Uh, Stasia. But uh, that was a game that was very well received. I know yeah. Dan was a big fan. I liked it a lot. I thought it was okay. Okay. So that's it for me, Dan. Sounds good. How was your week, Eric? Uh, good. I don't. The Bills really blew chunks again against the Patriots. They just have their number. Uh, Patriots they... have everyone's number, though. They really but do. But especially the Bills. Tom Brady shreds them to, to pieces no matter how good their defense is. Right. Uh, he threw 59 passes. Yeah, like 460 yards. Um, they made it respectable towards the end, so I was happy to see that. Yeah. But I don't know. What are you going to do? Uh, we got the Dolphins this weekend, so moving on to the next game. Uh-huh. Uh, Arsenal had a big victory today over arch-rival Tottenham, so I would be remiss if I did not mention that one. Uh-huh. Um, other than that, if there was something. Oh, I went to the movies. What'd you see? The visit. Okay. Oh, I kind of want to see that. Yeah. Uh, it was. I am a big M Night Shyamalan fan. Uh huh. So I saw that this com- this was coming out, and I was like, "Shit, that looks really scary." I'm kind of a pussy uh, about horror stuff, and I knew that my fiance wouldn't go because she's hates horror anything. So yeah. I went with former intern Tyler uh, to the to the theater. I think it was we were two of six people there. I think. Oh geez, we went on like Mat- an afternoon matinee. That's yeah. what I like to go to. Yeah, it was There's only no like seven bucks. Uh, I think my popcorn costs as much as my movie ticket. Yeah, I can but, see that. Uh, I really liked it. I would I would recommend it. I don't want to spoil anything. Scary. Honestly. Um, you know how his movies have a way of being scary, but in a strange way, so yeah. it's not actually that scary. Especially M Night Shyamalan. Yeah. Like, I laughed quite a bit in it, uh-huh. but it was, there were some parts that were pretty creepy, uh-huh. but there was also kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, Do you mind getting in the oven while you clean it? <laughs> yeah. That part, have you seen? <laughs> I've seen the trailer. I really want to see the movie. Did you, there's a couple trailers. Did you see the part where they're playing Yahtzee? No. Okay. <laughs> I, that was, That's another one that was creepy yet funny uh-huh. when uh-huh. it happened. Um, but yeah, it's only an hour and a half long too, okay. which I love. I, the, yeah. the long oh, yeah. movies are too much for me anymore. So a good hour and a half, you're in, you're out. Um, I thought it was, it was a pretty good movie myself. And uh-huh. I, like I said, I'm always a fan of his. So, yeah. um, I wouldn't want to see that if I was a kid who had grandparents that I visited. No. Occasionally that were kind of creepy. Yeah. Had a good plot twist. Uh, I feel like pr- a good portion of people might see it coming at some point. Okay. But uh, it was still, it was a good plot twist. Uh-huh. Um, I personally didn't see it coming, but Tyler did. Gotcha. Um, did I do anything else? I know you watched the first episode of Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, I did. Shit, I almost forgot about that. Oh, my God, I was devastated at the end of it. Yeah. I, I don't, I, that's the only one I've watched. Yeah. I told Eric, uh, the heartbreak only gets worse. <laughs> I don't know, and I told you, I don't know if I'll be able to handle watching it. Yeah, it gets pretty bad. I was depressed after the last episode of the most recent season for yeah, a few days. I had it on while I was like folding laundry or something, and yeah. the fiance is not really interested in that kind of TV show, so she was in the next room over, and I was watching it, and the ending happened, and I go, oh no, god damn it. <laughs> and she's like, what? What happened? And I, I told her what happened, and I was just like, ah, oh, son of a bitch. Like, it ruined me for a good 15 minutes. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, no, it was awesome. Okay. I, I really, really liked the first episode. So yeah. it I really, looked, it really does a good job of sucking you in. It does. The, the problem though is it takes away from game time. That's the problem I had too. Right. I pretty much gave up games for like three weeks almost. And I don't know if I can do that. Yeah, especially with FIFA just coming out. Yeah, no, I understand. <laughs> and uh, taking King also. So yeah, uh, but I don't know. I think I, I don't think I did anything. There was something that I wanted to talk about, but I don't remember. It's not going to come to me. So. Gotcha. We'll move on. Okay. What about you, Will? Anything other than school? Oh, one other thing real quick. What you got? Video game related? Yeah. Uh, I got another Amiibo. I've been awfully lucky walking around stores just uh, patrolling the Amiibo section just to see if any rare ones are there. And today I found Charizard in Target. Very nice. Yeah. So I grabbed it. Can't go wrong with that. Yeah. Okay. Will, anything other than school? Yeah, I actually watched a new show. Uh-oh. Uh, How to Get Away with Murder. Uh, a lot of people that I know love the show. So I decided to give it a whirl, and I really liked it. I watched through all of the, uh, I think it was 15 episodes in the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically about students in law school who end up helping their their teacher, you know, with cases, and there's, like, one main case that the season's about, and then every episode there's, like, a smaller case that they're all working on, and it all, like, ties together. And it's really – it's a pretty solid show. I asked Corey if he had seen it, but he hasn't. Yeah. Right, Corey? No, I actually had never even heard of it until I was reading Who Won the Emmys, and I guess that lead actress won an Emmy for her oh, nice. Yeah, um, it's pretty awesome. Uh, I love, like, lawyer stuff, and I was like, I want to be a lawyer, but then I remembered <laughs> I hate arguing. Yeah, not just that, so, but you you'll have to go to college for another seven, seven years. years. Yeah. Seven years, yeah. It sounds a lot harder. Um, do you hate arguing more than you like money? Because I, I do. I, yeah, I don't like to argue because I don't like to get vocal with people. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I just don't enjoy arguing. I love watching it, which is why I love the show. Mm-hmm. But uh. Yeah, no, I thought it was a very good show. I recommend it to people who are into that sort of stuff. I've seen bits and pieces of it because it's just, you know, we'll have the TV on or whatever. Is yeah. It, is it like on before Fallon maybe? It's on the same channel? ABC? It is on ABC, yeah. Okay, that's probably why I've seen it. My wife probably like flipped on the end of episodes like while she's waiting for the nightly news and then Fallon. All I know is it starts back up on Thursday. Okay. So I, I finished it at the perfect time. Yeah, I've seen bits and pieces. Good cliffhanger at the end? Yes. Nice. Um, so that's probably, since Pretty Little Liars has burdened me so often, this is going to be my new show. <laughs> I can't even take you seriously. Nice. Uh, <laughs> burdened you. <laughs> Burned me. Oh, I thought you said burdened. Probably both, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, I booted up Heroes of the Storm today and looked at it and then quit are you gonna retire with me no because i'm really excited for the new characters that got announced oh is there, who are they i'm the to- totally are, out of the loop it's the medic and then uh artanis or Ar- artanis or whatever who, what's that from both are starcraft one's a warrior one's a support oh, okay um i know the warrior is uh, more of like leoric like damage dealer instead of like a Okay. Johanna, so yeah, I don't know. I'll play something at some point. 
I ever since that last quick match I played, that just totally ruined it for me. Stuck in your craw. It really has. Sour taste. Oh my god! I just I had literally no fun. Yeah. That game will do that to you. Mm-hmm. And then you don't want to go back to it. Right. And then the longer you're out of it, the less. The less practiced. I want to go back to it. Yep. Yeah. Because I know I'm just going to get my ass whooped again. Yeah. It broke my heart when you told me that, Eric. I'm sorry, man. I just... I can't. Eric's hanging up the mouse and keyboard. I hung in there as long as I could. I put too much fucking money into that game. <laughs> no, you didn't. Because <clears throat> you had good time with it when you were playing. I did. I, it was, it's a good game. I just... I don't... I can't sink the time into it. Yep. For it to be enjoyable anymore. This time of the year, especially. Yeah. Over the summer. Yeah, who knows? Maybe next summer. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? Well... That- I think that's it. All right, what do you have, Corey? So I had a couple things I wanted to talk about, but uh, some news came to light Uh to me today. And I know one of the things we like to do here is not only talk about video games, but chronicle the crumbling of society around Uh us. Yes. (laughs) Um, So this is is a little off topic, but we've touched on stuff like this before, so I kind of wanted to share this. Um, The the death of Yogi Bear? Well, there's that, which was tragic. Yep. I didn't hear about that. From the Yankees? Yeah, 90. Yeah. Oh, poor Yogi. Yeah, I didn't hear about that. That's terrible. But go ahead. So there was a, a letter written to an editor of a newspaper, um, a central New York newspaper, titled, No Means No, Even on the Carrier Dome Kiss Cam. Do you guys hear about this? No, no. I don't hear anything. I don't either. So I will, I will do, I'll just read <laughs> the letter. Choice. Yeah. Is it okay if I read the letter that this person wrote? Yeah, go ahead. Yes. You're really th- killing my ignorance is bliss thing I have going on. <laughs> <laughs> to the editor, I've been meaning to write this letter all week after going to the Syracuse University Wake Forest game last week, but your story on the Mets kiss cam inspired me to actually do it. During the kiss cam break at the Syracuse game last weekend, I saw some horrifying behavior that was met with cheers and applause from the crowd. It made me <laughs> sick to my stomach. The first two people, and probably most people that wind up on the kiss cam, were happy to oblige the camera. However, the cameraman then scanned into the student section where a young man and young woman were shown. Clearly not a couple. The male student pleaded his case for a kiss on the big screen while the female adamantly shook her head no. So what does this guy do? He grabs her head and shoves his tongue down her throat. The crowd cheers. The next couple were shown were again students that were clearly not a couple. Again, this second female in question shakes her head no. I then see no less than six sets of hands from seats around her shove her unwilling face into his crowd cheers. This is completely unacceptable behavior by the male students, the surrounding students, and the crowd. It makes me sick that in a day and age where sexual assault, particularly on college campuses, is so rampant that school officials would allow such a display to happen. The instances I witnessed at the game encourage and condone sexual assault and a sense of male entitlement at best, and they are an actual instance of assault at worst. No one has the right to forcefully touch someone, be it a hug, a kiss, or a violent rape. I adamantly insist that Syracuse University student government, the chancellor, the athletic director, etc., review what happened last weekend and seriously consider the ramifications of what they are encouraging. Whether it was out of innocence or ignorance, it is still unacceptable to allow a student to be forcefully touched on a jumbotron accompanied by cheers from the crowd. It's disgusting. Sincerely, I added the sincerely part, uh, Steve Port from manliness manlius oh steve it, syracuse has since banned the kiss cam at the carrier dome i'm interested to see what you guys think of this i got nothing I don't, just I, doesn't care. I don't give a shit <laughs> <laughs> i don't really either but um 
I guess if I were to give an opinion, I'd probably say that Steve is is probably right at some point in there. Yeah. At the same time. I wouldn't want someone touching me. No, I wouldn't either. Um, yeah, I'd probably side with Steve. I don't like siding with Steve. I don't know why. Because <laughs> I hate when people bitch. But at the same time, I don't, I don't think. I, I, I think to myself, like, my fiance is in college. If she happened to have friends that she went to a game with, if one of them did that to her, I would be furious. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hear you. So, so they should ban the kiss cam? That's the problem. Like, you let this one bad experience ruin it for, for everybody. Like, I don't know. Does anybody really give a fuck about the kiss cam? I never. Are we any worse it. off for there being no kiss cam? I don't think we're worse off, but I don't think this guy who is offended for other people should be the reason we ban it. That's a good point. It's, it's a fun thing that's been done at sports things since forever, since Jumbotrons existed. Yeah. And, you know, I just get sick of these people that get offended for other people. If something like that, if something <laughs> Speaking happened... Speaking up for somebody else. <laughs> if something happened where somebody was, like, seriously upset, then there's avenues they can pursue to yeah. charge that person. You yeah, know, it did, was be... there a response from these girls or anything like that? Was there... No, no, that's the thing. And most of the people in the comments uh, were at this, this game in question and say, like... What are you talking about? So it probably wasn't nearly as bad as he made it out to be? Yes. Uh, I mean, I wasn't there. I don't right. know. I didn't see the footage. But just based on uh, some of the comments okay. in, in on this article. Well, um, I mean, if that's the case and it wasn't as he portrayed it, then he should just shut the fuck up and let it be. I have seen the kiss cam multiple times at sporting events. I have never seen anything like that happen. I've never ever. seen that happen either. Not even yeah. close. And you know what? If if it did, I would hope that you know if if a, a girl or a guy, you know, I don't know, if something happened where they really felt like abused, yeah, then assaulted. I would hope they would pursue some sort of well, action against it. And the thing you is, know? you know, I've been to how many Bills games? A, a shit ton of them. If something happens in the crowd, where somebody is legitimately being a piece of shit to somebody else, usually people will gather on that person yeah. and like almost like a vigilante they justice. Police kind themselves of thing. a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So I'm confident that probably happens at other sporting events, not just Buffalo Bills games. And if somebody really was like forcing themselves on somebody and she didn't want it, you know, and made it clear that she didn't want it, I feel like people probably would have made a bigger scene or bigger deal about it. Not just Steve. Yeah. Yeah. So you're I right, know, Corey. Man. Fuck him. You're right. I just... I just... I just can't this imagine... This stuff is just happening more and more. And I agree with you, Eric. Like, I'm... You know, I can picture my significant other or yeah. you know, lady friends of mine and something like that happening to them. It, if it sincerely bothered them, then there should be some sort of repercussion. But it doesn't sound like that was the case, nor... Yeah. Has it been the case? And what the fuck was I gonna say? I don't remember. I don't. Know. Yeah, I agree, Corey. People just like know. to bitch. Oh, I remember what I was gonna say. I just can't picture myself, and I always think about this in my job too. Like when people complain about stuff, I can never imagine myself getting to a point. Where I feel the need to write a letter to an editor yeah. or whoever 
or complain to a manager at a restaurant as or ba- anything. <laughs> we were just talking about this. As bad as our local Dunkin' Donuts is with yeah. getting our orders wrong, I I've never complained about it. Never once. And it pisses me off. Oh, of course it doesn't. I'll bitch up a storm about it to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't complain to them. Yeah. Like, I, whatever. Like, if that's the worst thing that happened to me today, uh, which it did, yeah. <laughs> I ordered a large coffee and I got a medium. And I paid for the large and I knew it the second she handed it out the window. But you know what? If that's the worst thing that happened to me today, I had a pretty good day. Yeah, I'm not going to worry about it. Yep. Yeah. I know that's not the again. that's not the same scale as forcing my tongue down a girl's throat, but you know that's just the the world. Yeah. Yeah, they did mess my order up again today. Will. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, that Dunkin' Donuts is the worst. It's brutal. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. What else you got, Corey? Uh, that's all. I was going to talk about some movies, but I went a little long. Oh, that's all right. I've been uh, watching movies, though. Nice. I got to watch movies again. Someday. Right? Uh, I got a couple things. We picked up the new Skylanders. Uh, I'll talk about that during what we played, but I got a new phone. What? Yeah. Weird, huh? Okay. What phone? I got the Samsung Galaxy Note 5. The wife picked it up for me today and brought it home. Uh, I've literally had 10 minutes to play with it before we started the episode, so I haven't tinkered much with it. But I've had my eye on the Galaxy Note 4 for a while as the the next phone I was going to get. And the Note 5 just came out, like, I don't know, maybe a month ago. Um, So It's a phablet, right? Yeah, it's a a fairly large phone. Phablet? Is that a word now? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Phone, Phone tablet. Uh, it's a fairly large phone, but really the reason why I got it is because the the phone I was using doesn't take very good pictures, uh, and I've had many of a uh, cute moment with the kids ruined, uh, picture ruined by you know the camera being blurry or the the flash not coming on when it's supposed to. So uh, this phone has a 16 megapixel camera, and is uh, my wife has the like, Samsung Galaxy S6, uh, and it has the same same camera in it, and it just takes fantastic pictures. So. Yeah, I, my last I phone, I I didn't think I would ever care about the yeah. picture quality, yeah. and it was so bad. Yeah, I it was, ruins it. I was so happy to get rid of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and I mean the the phone I I was using is the first generation Moto G, which is a fine phone, but it was only ever met, uh, we only ever got it because my wife's uh, HTC One, my daughter sucked on and ruined. Um, so it was a it was a kind of a stopgap, and that's just when we signed signed me back up for cell phone service I, I just took that phone and i knew i was going to get a phone later at some point but i wanted to do my research and so that's the phone i decided on. i've got to get a case for it and everything and like i said i haven't had any time to play with it but i like it so far so i don't think i have anything else to talk about no mm-hmm. should we just get right into what we played or do you need to take a break Corey? No, I'm good. I could, I could piss. Pee? Yeah. All right, we'll take a quick pee break and be, be back in just a moment. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 218 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. We are now in what we played. Corey, I'm going to start with you. What would you play this week? I did my usual Hearthstone. I got excited. I hadn't gotten any legendaries from the new packs at all. And then I opened a pack that had two legendaries in it. Bum, bum, well, bum. Th- they were making up Ooh. for all that lost time. Maybe. Uh, that's really rare to get two legendaries in the same pack. Right. I took a picture and sent it to you guys. I don't even remember who was in it because new, I haven't utilized a, a new Barack. A new Barack was one, and then there was another one. I know that from watching Twitch. Um, oh, I have it right here. Uh, 
Anubarak and the Skeleton Knight. Skeleton Anubarak King? Knight. Oh. Uh, Anub- King. Knight. <laughs> it's established. I'm reading it now. It's Knight. It's Skeleton Knight. Uh, Anubarak's a good card for one of my rogue decks that always seems to run out of cards. Because it's a nine mana minion, but its death rattle is return this to your hand and summon a 4-4 Nerubian. Which is uh, really good for late game when you when you run out of cards. Nice. Um, the Skeleton Knight, I couldn't really figure out where it would fit in. It's uh, six mana, seven four, and its death rattle is reveal a minion in each deck. If yours costs more, return this to your hand. So uh, I guess you could kind of play that in a in a uh, late game kind of situation to get it back in your hand, but I don't know. For that cost, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, it was exciting to get to legendaries. Uh, I've been I created a new rogue deck that's based on spells and spell damage. I put out all creatures that increase spell damage, and then I use like my backstab and fan of knives and all that stuff that are really highly buffed um, yeah. for my combos at the end, and and I can do a lot of damage with that. I know you guys have no idea what I'm talking about, so it's kind of hard to <laughs> not really have. Have Someone a conversation listening about Hearthstone. I'm trying to pay attention. Saying. No, we have a lot of listeners that play that, so it's making sense to them. Yeah, uh, it works pretty well because I could just it just control the board or not really even control the board. Just use spell, use removals until I get my big combos at the end. Um, the secret pally is really big right now, and the dragon priest. Those are the two big decks. Um, secret paladin is a bitch, but if you kind of know what's coming, you can fight against it and there are a couple cards like Kazan Mystic and uh, Flare that kind of deal with the, the secrets of the, the secret pally but uh, Dragon Priest I haven't really found a good way to beat I always have an issue with Priest though so maybe it's just the way that I play but uh, still really enjoying Hearthstone and it's it's fun to see how the meta game has shifted since the, the release of the new expansion are you that start- is interesting are you starting to see more variety Yes, but only I think that's mostly because yes and no, like there is more variety, but I think that's just because there's so many cards that people have more variations on the same kind of deck. Whereas uh, before it was just the same deck over and over again. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's okay then. Yeah. Even if it plays slightly differently, that can really change the game, you know. Yep. And for me the like I say over and over again, the most fun part of Hearthstone for me is coming up with new decks that work and like the opponent doesn't know how to deal with them because they've never seen them before. And that's, I don't know. I'm sure somebody has made variations on the deck that I created, uh, like the spell damage rogue, but, uh, I don't know. I kind of came up with it on my own anyway. And, and it's, it's a lot of fun to play. Uh, and I think I'm like ranked 15 now, wow. which is pretty good for Here's, me. Get them sparky. Right. Uh, I think what was the best I did? I think I sent it to you guys. 12. Yeah. Th- I thought, yeah. 12 or 13. 12 or 13. 12 or 13. Sounds right. I haven't been playing any arena. But uh, that's because I just get 100 coins and buy a new TGT pack. And now I got my legendaries. Good. <laughs> so that's good. Every cool. day? Well, not every day. I've been I've been switching to like every third day. So I have three dailies. Because I realize I've been spending too much time in my free time with Hearthstone. So if I wait till I have three dailies, I can do more than one at once. Yeah. That's what I liked to do on um, Heroes of the Storm. Yeah, just be efficient with your yep. time. Yep. Uh, play more Rocket League. I've been having a lot of problems with the ranked 
Rocket League because I played right before last week's podcast. I talked about how I went on like an eight-game winning streak, catapulted me into the bronze rank or whatever. Um, and then this past week, was it yesterday or maybe two days ago, I played and had like an eight-game losing streak um, and just like fell down to like unranked 40-some points. And it wasn't – like it didn't even feel like the people I was playing were getting worse and worse. It it almost felt like they were getting better and better and like there was nothing I could do. And there's like – I was thinking to myself, I'm not an excellent Rocket League player, but I don't think I'm this bad. You know, like to be where I'm at here. I have that feeling a lot of times when I play it too, Corey. Yeah, and what what I did notice though is a lot of the people I play against are all on the same like they're partied together. I don't know if that has something to do with it. I, what, now hold on a minute. What's the difference between a standard ranked game and a solo standard? Does solo mean you can't be in a party? Oh, I don't know anything about oh, that. that. I just sense. do standard ranked. Because I usually do solo because I thought that's what that meant so that I could prevent that from happening. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh. Well, shit. Maybe I'll do that. See if that works for you. I thought the solo meant, like, 1v1. No, no. There's solo, but there's also solar, solo standard that's uh, still 3v3. I'm assuming that, you know, there's no parties allowed. That's what I need to do. Yeah. Interesting. I hope yeah, because I'd usually I would just get stuck with other people that weren't in a party, and we'd play against a team that was. Maybe that's why I was and doing then, so poorly. And then you get fucked. Oh yeah, yeah. Because if you're communicating with your team via Skype or something like that, it's pretty nice. You can say, "Hey, cover for me," you know, yeah, that kind of thing. That's why I like playing with Tito so much. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. That game's still a lot of fun. What an easy thing to boot up and just play a match or two. If you haven't played it for a couple days and you go back to it, do you feel a little, like, disoriented at first? I always feel a little disoriented. I don't know if it's the... I don't know if I'm, like, slightly handicapped or something. I don't know, but every now and again, like, I'll just miss an awful ball, and it will be a big deal, and we'll lose because of it. Yeah, everybody does that, though. I'll have some really nice plays, and I'll be like... That's more like it, you know? Yeah, I th- I, it usually takes me one or two games, if I haven't played in a while, to get get back, get my feet wet. You know, get your mm-hmm. Rocket League feet under you. Yeah. I guess it would be wheels, get your wheels under you. Yep. That's an it's, uh, interesting game. I had a talk with, uh, a brief talk with Tito in a party on PS4 the other day. What do you think the staying power is for this game in, like, the e- eSports? I was thinking that. They... They need to add stuff, I feel like, yeah, to keep people interested. I think you're right. There is another DLC pack coming out next month. What, what do you think they need to add, though? Like, what is that thing that will keep people online seasons playing? Online seasons would be awesome. Yeah, But, yeah, I honestly don't know. I don't know what they need to add, but they need to do something. It's a very simple game, but that's what makes it so great. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like... It's so perfect for, like, eSports, though. Yeah. But I, I just don't feel like it's going to hold up like a, like a MOBA does. You know? Right. There's not... I mean, there's a little bit of strategy involved, but there's just not enough depth to, like you said, you know, keep people... Yeah. You know, with MOBAs, you got new characters coming out all the time, and, you know, all the builds, and so so yeah. many different things to go into it, but this is just, like... It's mostly just visual. It's, anything it's they basic, add. It's basic. There, like Corey said, there is strategy, but it's pretty basic. 
Yeah. It's just physics, really. Yeah. And, and once you get better at that, you get better. And that's all there is to it. Like what we talked yeah. about in Hearthstone with the, the shifting metagame, which happens in MOBAs too. But that's not really going to happen in Rocket League. No. No, unless they were to make different cars have different uh, abilities or something. Yeah. Or make some of them faster, slower with other sort of uh, boosts. I don't know. But then <laughs> it changes the whole game. Yeah. It takes that simplicity out of it. Yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens from here. But yeah, still, awesome game. Mm-hmm. Do they have like leaderboards or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah, there's leaderboards. Oh, okay. I'm just trying to think like what other games have done, similar games have done to keep people interested. I was thinking like Trials, but that's totally different. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, Trials doesn't have that like team competitive yeah. thing to it, you know. Yeah. I well, don't know. We shall see what happens. I'm interested. I'm probably going to play once we're done recording, so. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's addicting. Yep. Mario Maker. Yeah. Played a lot of that again. What constitutes a beaten game? I don't know. Credits roll. I was going to say we should probably uh, talk I mean, about that. You won't beat it. Just give yourselves credit. I haven't seen credits roll. I, they do credits after you do 100 Mario, but those, it's like silly. It's like the people that design the courses. Uh, Maybe that's beaten. It's fine I, with me. I completed that. I don't give a shit. I'm not going to win anyway. <laughs> I have it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know what... Uh, the ten, oh, is. after you've do after you've done the ten Mario challenge, oh all of those, all of those, and unlock the. Do you have to beat the Nintendo World Championship levels? No, what, are you kidding okay. me? All right, I tried well, the first yeah. one. I was like, no way in hell. Here's Corey trying to get a beaten game. Come on. <laughs> well, I would, <laughs> if that's the the test for it, then I would add that as one of my beaten games too. Yeah, I could say no. You have to be a hundred Mario challenge uh, expert mode. If that's what you decide. <laughs> I don't really care, to be honest with you. We should have something for a beaten game for it. I mean, there are credits after you beat 100 Mario on easy, so I guess that would probably be it. Okay. If we're sticking with the credits. Yep. yep. All right. Really easy to get a beaten game on that one. All right, well, then I'll add it to my list and Corey's list. Eric, did you beat any 100 Mario Challenge? No. Will, you didn't play Mario Maker, did you? Nope. No. Okay. It'd probably take you 20 minutes. Yeah. Did I do that? It's six levels or eight levels. Eight levels, yeah. Oh wait, they're easy. Maybe I did do that. You probably did. If not, let's just say you did because it's super easy. I did something along those lines. I'm adding it. If we're if we're handing out beaten games, can I have one? (laughs) You at least (laughs) have to boot it up. Crap. Crap. (laughs) You have to play video games in order to get beaten games. Am I still winning? Probably. No. You had a good, you had a good head start. You had a good February. <laughs> Hang on. Oops, I did Mario twice. Didn't you beat like 15 games? Yeah, I beat February. 15 games in like a month and a half. <laughs> All right, I have 22 games beaten. Will has 23. Ah. Corey has 21. So, yeah, Will is still wow. winning. Although, add one more to me and Corey. So, me and Will are tied then. Eric, let me borrow Mario Maker for an afternoon. Don't no, do it. No, I can't. I uh, I lost it. <laughs> um, I downloaded wow. it digitally. Wow. 
somehow. <laughs> I did want to talk about beating expert mode because it's really freaking hard. Yeah. Uh, and I talked about it a little bit last week, but what you kind of need to do is skip the real hard ones. And uh, you can kind of pick them out early on because if they screw you right off the bat, not one you want to play yeah. i cannot tell you how many bad levels are in that game yeah there's and a it's, lot it's all the stuff we talked about if if in your level i go in a door and that door leads to me falling in lava that is not a good level no that's that's a waste of everyone's time yes in those stupid hidden blocks when you jump over a jump and you hit your head on the hidden block and you fall in a pit <laughs> that's an immediate skip for me I'm does not somebody think anymore. they're being a genius when they do that Yes, they do. I don't know. I don't know what the rationale is. I really don't. Have you paid attention at all to the hardest Super Mario Maker levels that they've been posting about on Kotaku? Oh, oh yeah. Holy shit is all I'm going to say about that. I have no idea. It boggles my mind that anyone could even do that. Like, it's things I just didn't know could happen in Mario, you know? Like. I mean, okay. I never considered myself to be a good Mario player, but that's a whole new level, you know? So there's one called Bomb Voyage. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. Kotaku wrote an article about, and it's a mix of, uh, like, platforming and not screwing up at all. Like, you have to... I'm playing the video in the stream right now, if you're watching. Uh, we live stream every episode, twitch.tv slash thumbstickathletes. Yep. Um, <clears throat> you have to, like, light bombs, throw them jump on them and make sure they land in the same spot like perfectly oh my god it's ridiculous so once they're lit you throw them across a pit use them to jump on to get across the pit catch them throw them in this in the perfect spot before they explode so you can blow up a block so you can continue on in the level who made this it's ridiculous and that's not even the hardest one no the that guy came out with another one today or yesterday that was yeah. supposedly harder. The is only per- there, there's there's only one person that beat that one that Corey's talking about, and the person that beat it is a is a renowned speedrunner for uh, some platformer. What's what? Do you remember the game, Corey? The guy's name is Banana Bananasaurus Rex. He's a speedrunner for some platformer, uh, and he was the only one that beat that first one. And uh, I'm currently playing the the quote unquote hardest Mario Maker level right now, uh, called Pangea. Or no, <laughs> Pangea. Pit of Panga, P-Break, um, created by Pangea, Panga. Yeah. Is this the one where he uses shells to jump over the... Yeah. Yes. Okay, oh, I saw that my one. God. Isn't that crazy? And he's... It's same sort of deal where he's, like, throwing stuff and jumping on it, and then it's just absolutely ridiculous, and I don't know how people do these things. Yeah. It took him it took five him, hours it, to create it and nine, nine hours. Hour, nine hours to beat it. <laughs> Dude, what a guy! That oh my god! No way! There's I can't no... even imagine. Yeah, like my brain does just doesn't register all the stuff that's going on on there. The thought of even attempting that is yeah. mind-boggling. Yep. Wow. It makes me wonder, though, like, what's what's the future of Mario Maker? Because the top levels now are all, like, the automatic, um, the music levels, which are fine. I mean, they're creative and interesting, but, like, that's not... I don't think that has staying power, you know? No. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know. Like, how is this all going to shake out? What? Are, how? I don't know. 
I think I think Nintendo's going to have a good curated list of like of you know classic Mario like levels. You know they'll they'll handpick a few of them and and put them out. That's what I think is going to happen. Yeah, and that's one of the things I try to go for with my levels is something you might see like in an actual Mario game. You know nothing. Yeah, nothing complex. Yeah, nothing crazy. I try. So. That's like my philosophy, but I also add in like a fun gimmick, not an annoying gimmick. Right. I gotcha. I can't believe what I've just seen. Yeah. No, isn't that crazy? Uh, ridiculous. <laughs> um, I uploaded a level called Mario Milbury, mm-hmm. which is a hockey level based on the famous 1979 Rangers Bruins brawl, where Mike Milbury climbed up in the stands and hit somebody with a shoe. Uh, Dan <laughs> needed more ice by the way yeah that was one of the comments when I posted on reddit was I was expecting more ice blocks and stuff I'm like what do you what, do you, what? <laughs> I think most people didn't get it yeah and what I should have done is intercut the footage of that fight when I uploaded the video that would have been smart but you know hindsight's twenty twenty. yeah not that I really care right yeah, but that's I, up on our YouTube channel if you want to check it out. Dan uh, played it and took video of it, and yeah. it's up on YouTube. I was telling these guys, I don't know if it was before we started, but I had intended on doing a, a video of me beating all of our our levels that we created, um, but I ended up getting stuck on my own levels and dying a lot, so I scrapped the video. But I do plan on doing that at some point, hopefully tomorrow, maybe Friday. Uh, you know, it's kind if of embarrassing. Want, it's kind of embarrassing you when you. Levels. Yeah, exactly. It's embarrassing that I died repeatedly on my own levels. If you want, Dan, just track the time code, shoot the whole video, track yeah. the time code, and you can send it to me, and I'll just cut out. I can cut. I can cut it. It's more oh, okay. just being lazy. <laughs> you know how long it took me to render? It's I a, edited it. I edited the Mario Milbury video in Adobe Premiere. Yeah. You know how long it took me to render a one-minute video? It's a pain in the balls. An hour, yeah, to render. Wow, on my laptop. Oh, that's why. Yeah, I don't use my desktop for any of that kind of stuff. Okay, well, you don't have the hard drive space. No, it's that, and it's also a solid state drive, and it's not good to like constantly be writing stuff to the hard drive. Yeah, yeah. See, I have the solid state and normal hard drive, and I keep all the all the crap like that on my regular hard drive, and. Just operating system on, and a couple of games on the solid state drive. Yep. That's, I mean, I was kicking around the idea of getting an external hard drive, like just like a big external hard drive so that I could do my work on my desktop. Cause yeah. it's, I mean, light years better than my laptop. Right. Especially once I get that new NVIDIA 970. Yeah. If that's what you're going to get, it's a good Let's one. See. Got to trade in my Wii U first. Yeah. I don't know, Corey. But I just want to keep playing Mario Maker. Did you guys play that level that I sent you? It was my favorite level. I did. No, did, I did not. Did you like it? I did. It was cool. He had another really good level, uh, that designer. Uh-huh. I don't think I would have liked it if I didn't find the secret Yoshi block. Oh, uh, gotcha. In Ca- Casa Alusora. Is it Italian? Yeah, I don't remember. And then he had one called Battaglia Finale or something like that. Yeah, you cool should. Names. If you find a level that you like, you should be able to like send it to your friends, because 
Can yeah. you do that? No, but mm-hmm. you, the, the, the only way you can do it is you can look and see what levels your friends have starred. Oh, okay, that works. Because, yeah, like, I there. am not about to put in a fucking search in a code. Yeah, that's I'm a pain. I'm just not going to. <laughs> it's a pain. It's a real big pain. And 16 digits. Ugh. I mean, it's not it's not hard. It's just a pain. Annoying. Yeah. It should I don't be, even it should like be better. Yeah. typing in the ID to you guys in our chat. Like No. I just sent screenshots. Yeah, that's this. that's what I did. That's what we started doing. And then we st- we start following each other, so we never have to do that again. Yep. Yeah. Just yep. say, hey, I uploaded a level. Yep. <laughs> you can find it on your own. Yeah. Corey, did you play my second one? Trick what was or called Trick or Treat. Yeah. Do you like it? Yeah. Good. It was a good. It was the the Ghost Town one, right? Yeah. Yeah. With the two like tower things. Yeah. 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 It's good stuff. Good. You play? Did you play my? Bury me with my Marjorie. No, I played your Millberry one, uh, okay. and I was gonna play that one, and I think the lady came home. Uh, it's an easier one. Yeah, I'm in. Tr- I've... But I liked the title. I knew what it was from. Yeah, you can only upload ten levels until you get a certain amount of stars. Do you? How many stars is it? Is it fifty? I have no idea. Oh, that's interesting. I'm getting up there though. I think I have like thirty. Yeah, you had in the in the thirties, I believe. So I I took down my ones that weren't getting any stars, which I think is because they're too hard. Um, I still have them. I'll yeah. just edit them, and then if I get more upload slots, I'll re-upload them, like uh-huh. easier versions of them. It was funny. Uh, you guys are really the only ones that cleared my levels, um, except for one other dude cleared my tr- trick-or-treat one, I think. Name also Corey. Whoa. Oh, I, did, I noticed that. Yeah. I noticed that. But... Interesting. I didn't think they were that hard. No. I thought the first one was harder than the yeah. second one, if I remember correctly. Because I gave you the star in the second one, yeah. and as long as you Moved. got up there, even if you fell, I tested it. If you fell, you still had time to get back up there. Yeah. You had to be quick and accurate with your jumps, but yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Good stuff. Yeah, it's, it's fun. I'm going to try, like I told Dan, try to pump out one a week. Just to do it, you know, content. Yeah, and I'll try to keep up on uh, YouTube. I should get a capture card. I was thinking that too. How much I are have they? No money, but the I'm Elga- like convincing myself. The I Elgato one. Things. The Elgato one that I use is 160. That, that it's Will's actually that he got. Uh, the problem is, in order for I think you have to have like a decent graphics. You would have to have it hooked up to your PC. I don't know that it would work that well on your laptop. Because okay. that's why Will was getting a ton of lag when he first got it. It was when he had his old graphics card. Okay. And the lag was from the the video not rendering fast enough because his graphics card wasn't powerful enough. Scratch that. Like that. Is Will still here? So. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you guys are going on about Mario Maker, so. <laughs> I think you'd like it, Will. Will's letting it ride. No, not until I get to play the 20 minutes for the game. You're going to have to buy it? Nope. <laughs> Okay. What else do you play, Corey? That's, oh! I've been playing Final Fantasy VI on my phone. Nice. <laughs> I've played three hours, and I've already finished the scenarios. Wow. That's you, how well I know that game. Moving right along. That's impressive. Yeah. I was watching... Uh, this is kind of on the topic of Final Fantasy VI, but it was... Uh, kotaku's new video thing that they're doing with it was jason schreier and uh was it owen good that was playing the final fantasy 6 
No, it was Kirk. Kirk. That's right. Kirk Hamilton. Um, Kirk Hamilton, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but they but they were talking about that on their on their video thing, and it was just neat to you know because Jason Schreier is is like us and has played that game. 20 30 40 times yeah um and and uh kirk hamilton was you know it was his first time playing it so it was cool to hear them like talk about it brought back memories it's good stuff it warms me yeah every now and again it just i get a like a little feeling a little tingle like in my heart that's like oh man i can remember playing this for the first time and it was so great yeah that nostalgia but it still holds up yeah, it really does, and that—that's one of the things they talked about is how, yeah. how how well the pixel graphics and stuff hold up nowadays. It's Eric, all right. You shut your mouth. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I know I am by far in the minority, not only here but everywhere. But Jesus. Well, you're entitled to your opinion, but I, I don't guess. like it. Yeah, that's fine. You don't have to like it. Uh, Will, play anything? Yo. Uh, I mean, I started at NHL 15. 16? 16. 16. <laughs> <laughs> the newest NHL. Uh, you can score way too easy with wrist shots in that game. Uh, really? Because I had a bitch of a time doing it. All I did was dragged my stick back a little bit and then fired it into the opposite corner, and I scored, like, six goals in the uh, the Blackhawks versus Lightning game. I Yeah, I couldn't. Granted, I, it was with the likes of Steven Stamkos, Tyler Johnson. Yeah, I was Andrew playing Ruff. with the Sabres, so so I didn't have those likes. <laughs> yeah, it was probably a little harder for Matt Molson. Kaner and Ennis. <laughs> Ennis, yeah. Um, I don't know. There's a lot going on in that game, and I need to play it more before I uh, accurately judge it. Because there's like this little thing that pops up when you make a good pass. And, Do like, you like that? Check mark. I don't really know what it does. It's just like a coaching thing. And I hate it. I actually <laughs> like it. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't mess around with it enough to get well, a feel for it. It, but... it shows where your shot was aimed and things like that. And I always kind of wonder if, like, I'm actually aiming it properly. And, like, same with passes. Uh-huh. Um, I actually kind of like it. It, it. Sometimes it's a little overwhelming with too much going on on the screen. Yeah. But I, I think it it's rem- kind of cool. It vaguely reminded me of when the football games used to have the QB vision. Mm. I don't remember. Madden Madden did something similar this year too, and actually so did FIFA. The coach. So that's that's EA's thing. Yeah, yeah teaching the, you to be a better player. Uh that's their shtick. I turned it immediately off in FIFA. Yeah. Can you turn it off in the NHL? I'm sure you can. Might do that. I don't know. In FIFA all you had to do was like push in the right thumbstick or something. Eh. Okay. So, I mean, I did that. Didn't really light a fire under you, though? No. (laughs) I mean, I was convinced and bought it within 15 minutes of when I got home that night. Yeah, I'm excited to link our accounts so I can play it. You might like it a little more than me. I don't know. I shouldn't say I didn't like it. It's a hockey game. Yeah, I I don't know. I I miss NHL, what is it, 11? 11, yep. So good. It was so good. Just NHL 15, 16, sorry, doesn't have it. I'd be wish... interested to see what Dave in Boston had for like feedback on this game because I know he likes it. 
I'd like to know why, you know, as compared to like last year, what he likes more. Yeah. It's definitely better than last year. Well, my God, of course. It's <laughs> not a steaming pile of shit. Yeah, there's actually features in the game. Um, I don't know. I'm waiting for the players like Eichel and McDavid and all the other guys to play their first NHL game so they can do the roster update and put them in. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, other than that, I don't uh, I haven't really played anything. <laughs> okay. What do you got, Eric? Uh, briefly, FIFA 16 came out. Uh, what's today? Thursday? Came out two days ago? Wednesday. Today's Wednesday? Yeah. Came out yesterday. <laughs> but I had early access through EA Access, so I have played it quite a bit. Uh, I started my career mode with Arsenal, of course. Actually, I think I'm going to do a second career mode with one of the MLS teams um, just to see how much harder it is with far less cash. Yeah. Because, like, Arsenal starts out with around 50 or $60 million to spend on players. And I think NYCFC I looked at starts with, like, under $3 million. Mm-hmm. So, I think I'm going to try that out. Um, I like it. It's it's really good. The The only thing is, I'm playing on world-class difficulty against the computer, and it's fucking hard to get the ball back from them when they get it. And I have a bastard of a time scoring. Mm-hmm. But, at the same token, it's kind of realistic with how it is in real life. Like, it's hard to score goals. Right. Um, so, I like that. But it's, it's hard. It's frustrating. I'm not used to losing yeah especially the computer yeah right but i don't usually play on world class difficulty so i'm doing that this time around nice um one thing i really like that they added and i know my buddy jeff agrees with me um in in the career mode uh pre-season tournaments which happen in real life too but you do it in the in the fifa game to earn (laughs) more money to Uh use on players in the transfer window um so you'll get invited to like three different tournaments and you can pick which one each of them has different levels of opponents and different levels of uh, reward money. Uh-huh. But like I said, I'm playing on world-class difficulty, so I got knocked out in the first round of this tournament by, like, some Israeli teams from, like, never heard of, never heard of any of the players, cause I, I, but I lost. Like, yeah. so hard to score against the world-class. Um, and w- one of the other things, I don't know if I don't like it, but it's a lot harder for me because I don't use a lot of the skill moves I count on turning different directions that my opponents don't think I'm going to go, uh-huh. and it's much harder to do in this one. It's at least against the computer. I've had pretty good success against uh, real life players, um, but no, it's it's really good. Definitely recommend. No no reason you shouldn't buy it if you buy it every year. Right. Okay. But really, not too many changes. I don't feel like it's a little slowed down, which I actually like. Yeah, I'm already saying you like that better because it makes speed is not as much of a uh, over OP. Yeah. Stat still important, but it's not as it, important. It's better. It's it's a really good game. Cool. Um, and the only other thing I played was I'm part way through the Taken King story. Um, it's fucking awesome. But we're going to talk more about it next week. Yeah, I've heard good things. Yeah. Excited to hear about it. I unlocked the Hunter subclass. Uh-huh. Third third subclass, and it's great. Nice. Started a Titan. Uh-huh. Because you get the item to make uh, whatever new character you start 
automatically level 25, and they okay. give you new gear also. Yeah. Uh, so I made... No, I didn't make a Titan. I made a Warlock. Mm-hmm. Tito tried to talk me into a Titan. Oh, gotcha. But I was already in the process of making a Warlock, so I yeah. stuck with it. That's what I used when I played. Yeah, I've only used the Hunter up until then, so um, excited to do that. I'm, I'm level 35, uh-huh. so I'm hoping to get leleded up far enough to do the raid. When, see. when does that come out? Do you know? The raid? Yeah. It's already out. Oh, I thought the new raid was delayed after the game came out. Uh. I know Tito tried it the other night. Gotcha. I don't know how it went, but it's really good, though. Nice. Yeah. I'm looking forward to next week. Okay. To talk about it. Yep. That will definitely be our episode next week, come hell or high water. <laughs> right? <laughs> Didn't I say that last week? Yeah. I don't remember, but. Okay. Um... I played two things this week. I played uh, Skylanders tra- uh, Trap Team, which I was desperately trying to finish before Supercharges came out. It didn't happen, um, but I'm just going to like finish Trap Team by myself. I think I have like three more levels to do, so I'm just going to hammer that out in my free time. Uh, you know, it's Trap Team, we ne- me and my wife never really got into, um, but Superchargers, uh, we both like a lot better so far. Um, Superchargers is the one that adds vehicles to the game. They're if you're on the live stream, they're right there in front of the camera. Um, and what that what's different about it is it has like open world. It has both open like open sections where you control your vehicles, and also has like racing courses, kind of where you control your vehicles. Uh, the vehicles being the new mechanic in the game. Uh, and one of the cool things about it is previously there there was. Uh, goodies, I guess, for lack of a better word, hidden behind doors of whatever the special like mechanic was. Like uh, our first game, we played with Swap Force, so it was the elemental characters that were swapped. You know, where that's where you, there was doors that you had to go through. Through that, uh, in the in last year's game, Trap Team, you had to have the creatures and traps. So you had to have a trap for every element. And you had to have, or you had to have a trap for every element. And you had to have the creature in the trap to be able to use on whatever level to, to do a quest. So that was kind of a pain in the balls, but this one, you only have to have a land, sea and air vehicle to experience all the content, which is great. Cause you don't have to buy as much as you usually do. Nice. So that's a good thing. Uh, it can't, it comes with a, a land vehicle, which for us, we got the Wii U version. So it came with the barrel blaster and it also came with donkey, the donkey Kong amiibo Skylander mix, which is cool. Um, it can be used for, for both, uh, a really cool character to use in the game too, which is nice. Um, and we bought a sea vehicle, which is the, the little stingray looking thing down there. It's called sea shadow and we just have to get an air vehicle. Now we'll be able to experience the entire game. Like I said, which is awesome because we already have like probably 25 Skylanders maybe. So it's nice that we don't have to invest a lot. We have like maybe four or five different traps from trap team, um, of, of various elements. Uh, but yeah, right off the bat, when we fired up superchargers, uh, it asks for a difficulty level and there's both like beginner, uh, for like little kids that want to play and just experience the story. It must not be very difficult combat wise all the way up to like, there's four different difficulty levels <coughs> with the hardest saying you need an, an army of Skylanders to beat, uh, which I think is awesome. I don't remember any of the other ones having difficulty levels. Uh, but it also, it, it's nice too, because it feels a lot better than trap team felt kind of soggy, I guess. And I'm, I'm sure that, that, uh, swap force felt soggy too, but I really noticed it in trap team. Um, but in superchargers, it feels a lot, the controls feel a lot tighter. It feels like a lot better of an action game, 
So soggy, like muddy. Yeah, like concrete. I don't know. Yeah, quick, quicksand. Yeah, like it just felt slop. The controls felt very sloppy, and like, like you know, you you do an attack and it wouldn't register, type of thing, or it mm. would take take a second before you would actually do the attack. But this feels feels a lot better. Like right off the bat, we noticed that. And also, the vehicle sections are really cool. Uh, the only kind of pr- problem that I have with it is if you're playing co-op. You can only use one vehicle at a time, so like my wife does the driving and I do the shooting, uh, which is kind of neat. It's kind of kind of different in its own thing. But I was kind of hoping you could do two vehicles at a time, but, mm. but you can't. So, like riding in a warthog, and that's exactly what she said when when we we started doing. It. She's like, "This reminds me of Halo, yeah, driving, driving in a warthog." I'm like, that "Yeah, sounds all right." Yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun though. Uh, we've only played about an hour and a half, so I haven't done a ton of it, but. Uh, we're really, really positive on it so far. A lot more than we were with, with Trap Team. Good. So. Seems and like the Toy to Life ones this round uh, are better. Are yeah. good upgrades. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at getting into the Skylanders franchise, mm-hmm. this would probably be the one to do. Um, I think a lot of people that are into Skylanders say it's the the best one that's come out so far. So, um, you can find any any old Skylanders that you have will play in the new game. So, like. If we see a Skylander somewhere, like uh, from Skylanders Giants or whatever, that's cheap, we'll just buy it. If it's like four or five bucks, you know, yeah. and add to our army. I want to like catalog all of our Skylanders because they're kind of just in a bin right now, all cluttered. You need a display case. Yeah, I would love to have a display case. That would be cool. But I really, I've been using the the Donkey Kong, which is really his moves are awesome in Skylanders. So I'll definitely be talking more about that in the coming weeks because I think we're actually going to like play it a lot because it's awesome so yeah uh, i'm gonna hammer out trap team hopefully i'll have that beaten by next week i only have three more levels to do so i'm just gonna do that by myself it's not as fun to play by yourself though so that's all i played do we get any feedback eric uh unless we just did then no okay uh yeah next week's episode will be on the taken king we were supposed to figure out a schedule. We never did that. That was my fault. I can do that. What's that? Schedule? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, did got? we want to mention that we're going to do the uh, the first Summon Ally yeah. video this week? Yeah, if that's what we decided to call it. Did you want to call it Summon Ally, Corey? That's fine. Okay. That reminds me, um, I mentioned it to you guys. We don't have to do it, but I thought it would be fun to live stream our fantasy hockey draft, which is Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. We can definitely do that. What time is the draft? 8 p.m. Okay. It's funny, though, because I have another one at 9 p.m. Oh, geez. So you're going to be juggling two, probably. Be, yeah. Yep. I'm upset yeah. that there's no party. I, I thought about it, but normally uh, mom and pop Mirtha host, and yeah. they just got back from a trip. Yeah. And, uh, we wouldn't have been able to go anyway. Yeah. Because of the kids. Bedtime is at 9. So Yeah, it's it, it, it would have been a lot, and I wasn't going to come out this weekend anyway so yeah um but yeah uh we hope to are is that something you guys are interested in i mean you don't have to i just yeah that's fine me. Whatever, and, i don't care i can't yeah. guarantee there won't be noise in the background hey I'm that's, against it. that's part of the fun <laughs> will is a hundred percent against it there might be screaming i don't know what's Maybe. gonna happen but if you like hockey i'll make sure you can see the the draft table and, and all that stuff and, and we'll be chatting on skype so mm-hmm there will be that as well. So yeah, some some actual uh content. Yeah. 
Yeah, me and Eric, I don't know if we finished this this thought, but me and Eric, uh, Eric's going to teach me how to play um, FIFA. So uh, we're going to be recording that and hopefully putting it up on YouTube right away. And, yeah. And see how it goes. About an hour, is that what we yeah, said? Yeah, we'll start with an hour. It might be multi-part, depending on how, how terribly I do at the start. Um, I think we decided my goal was to win an online match. I think we should have a goal. Yeah. A set goal. I think you're right. You know? That's fair. Something to aspire to. And that's all I could think of that would be kind of interesting. Right. Is winning an online match. Because having you beat the skill games is me. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we're going to do that. He, Eric's coming over actually during the day. We're going to record it on, a, on a my computer. I got, I've got i got a blue snowball microphone that we can both use. Um, that's what I bought for, for me and the wife when we finally get a chance to stream again. So. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. That'll Pay attention for that to be on YouTube sometime next week. I think we're playing on Wednesday, right? Yes, that... Wednesday afternoon, yep. Okay. So, yeah, that'll that'll go up at some point. Anyone have anything else they want to add? Our video hit 100,000 views. Oh, yeah. did it? I knew it was close. Yeah. Yep, our Rocket League video that Tito Tito made for us is just hit 100,000 views, which is awesome. Thanks, Tito. So, thanks, Tito. Yeah, thanks again. Uh, and we're going to try to contact Tito about being on our Taken King episode next week. <clears throat> hey, guys. Yeah. Yes. Mario Milbury, 188 views. Yeah, I saw oh, that. That's really? up there. <laughs> Good. Yeah, that's all right. No, I we mean, should do more of those then. Yeah, because that, that's by far, like, of our videos that we've made, that's by far <laughs> the biggest. Yeah. So. I just got depressed all of a sudden. <laughs> So, yeah. Uh, that's everything. I have no more thoughts. Anybody else have anything you want to add? Not I. All right. Um, yeah, that'll do it for episode 218 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Eric. Will. Oh, Corey. Sorry. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Thanks for listening and get out of my basement. <laughs>